Hi, it's Matheus Calera. I'm the co-creator of Black Science and listening to 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable. Perfectly acceptable. Wow. Yeah, it was good. Okay. It was stellar. No, I mean, I, don't blow smoke up my ass. It's just one of those things where <laughs> saying perfectly acceptable is kind of like... <laughs> Can it be like Kenneth Keith Kallenbach with the the uh, blowing the smoke out your eyes? From, have you ever seen that kid? He used the, to be a uh, whack packer. Yeah. yeah, he used to, yeah. Yeah. Wait, I thought it was... It wasn't he, that wasn't Johnny? No, Kenneth Keith Kallenbach. He used to blow firecrackers off in his underwear, and then he would uh, take a drag and blow the smoke out of his eyelids. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, he, I, he, I, died, I remember he died the, in prison, you know. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What was he in prison for? God, I don't even remember. It was a long time. It was probably like 10 years ago that he died. Wow. I mean, the mortality rate of the Whackpackers is very high. Oh, here you go. He was 39. He died in Media, Pennsylvania. Vince, uh, he was in jail and he died because he got pneumonia. Mm. Patient zero. There you go. There you go. Wow. Let's bring it up. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 658. Damn right. Yes. I'm Vince B. And I feel strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there, said Matt Murdock. I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I am N. Sabanor, and I'm going to crucible your asses. Wow. What what did you read with him in it? Um, Like every X book for the last six months. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a big deal of the, like, usually you pick something notable for the week. Uh, this was notable last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're not N. Sabanor. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And here we all are once again for another good old-fashioned EOC episode. But wait. But wait. Did you hear that sound in the distance? Do you know what that is? That is the sound of many, many comics fans screaming in joy because the list of specials has been posted on Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books at the price you want to pay. Not only books, everything in the previews catalog. But uh, I traipsed through the list of specials, and I selected three that I think you're going to want to hear. Number one is from IDW. It's a little book drawn by Nick Bradshaw, art or uh, written by John Lehman, published by IDW. As I said, the thing is called Bermuda. It's a four-issue miniseries, and it involves dinosaurs. Nick Bradshaw plus dinosaurs, why wouldn't you buy this? It's very uh, true. Yeah. The rub is, uh, it's a fantastic new adventure by New York Times bestselling and multiple Eisner Award-winning writer John Lehman, who did Chew and Detective. And gorgeous art, goes without saying, by Nick Bradshaw. There's a region in the Pacific Ocean where planes disappear, ships are lost, and traveling souls go missing, never to be heard from again. And there's an island within this place, mysterious, a mysterious island, and uncharted, an island untouched by time and civilization where all who get there end up lost. No, that's not 
the sentence, where all who are lost end up. <laughs> Bermuda lives here. She's not only the character, she's the name of the place. She's 16, scrappy, and a survivor. And this has been the only life she's ever known until today. She's discovered something on her island that will either open a doorway between her world and ours or destroy it. Sounds good. It really does. And thankfully, IDW posted a couple of, not only the cover, but there's a couple of preview pages out for this thing, and it looks just gorgeous. But it's Bradshaw. That goes without saying. So the cover price, not unexpectedly, is four ninety nine. The DCBS price, that's your price because you're super smart and you know where to go to get your books cheaply, is $2.49. That's half off the cover price. Another winner. If you don't order this, I don't know what I'm going to do. I will lose faith in humanity if each and every one of our listeners does not order this book. It's from Dark Horse. It's written by Neil Gaiman and P. Craig Russell. And it's illustrated by P. Craig Russell and others. It is Neil Gaiman's North Mythology. Number one. Cover here says Mignola, Ordway, Stewart, Kinzierski, and Galen Showman. Uh, the number one New York Times bestselling author, Neil Gaiman, and Eisner Award winning comics legend, accurate, P. Craig Russell, breathe new life into the ancient Norse stories by taking readers through the creation of the nine worlds to the epic origin adventures of Thor, Odin, and Loki, all the way to the end of life, Ragnarok. Having previously written about deities and American gods in the Sandman, Gaiman teams with Russell to finally bring readers to follow the northern gods in their own setting in this comic book adaptation of the hit novel. My goodness. Odenbury praised cover price three ninety nine. You can have it for a dollar ninety nine cents. That's fifty percent off. And taking a left turn at Albuquerque from Mad Cave Studios. It's Stargazer, number one of six. And the reason why I picked this, not only because it's dead center in my wheelhouse, because it is written by Anthony Cleveland, but art is by Antonio Fuso. Mm-hmm. Years ago, Shay, her brother Kenny, and two childhood friends experienced a traumatic, unexplainable event that left Kenny scarred for life. Kenny commits himself to the belief that what they experienced was an alien abduction. Poor Kenny. 20 years later, and the friends have since drifted apart, but the sudden, mysterious disappearance of Kenny leads the group to reunite and discover the truth of what took place all those years ago. It sounds like it with a sci-fi bent, but that's okay. Um, the cover price is three ninety nine, and you can take it home for $2.19. That's 45% off. Now, I'm not going to go through the synopses of these again. If you want to read that, look them up in the previews. But um, there, I think all three of them are winners, hence the reason why I selected them. So if you want all this and more at a cheap price, go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. Excellent choices. Thank you. Agreed. Well, I have to admit, this month there were many choices, but I don't know if Christina listens to this. If not, I'm going to send her an email. There is a an error mm-hmm. on the website. Oh. The Humanoids edition of the Meta Barons Second Cycle, 
which it listed in the previews as a hardcover for thirty nine ninety nine, is listed as forty some bucks plus after discount on oh. the on the website. So there's a there's a a big error. So I didn't order it yet because I'm not going to order it at forty one, and then they have to go in. You know what I mean? And change it and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait till it's fixed, and then I'll order it. But uh, if you're ordering humanoids second cycle. Take note, the price that's on the DCB service site is incorrect. Oh, snap. That's Yeah, that's more than retail. So something something's amiss. Mm. Something's afoot. Yes. The game. All right. It was a fun week, wasn't it? For comics, you mean? Yeah, everything I've read this week was incredibly gorgeous. Yes, I do agree. This was a banner week, especially for first issues yeah yeah i would i would totally agree with that um well as as i was gonna say coming in it's a strange week and in fact it is a strange week because there was two number ones that uh came out this week that did have the word strange in the which do you think is going to win the uh battle of the of the diamond sales charts uh the one that comes in second in the alphabet Strange Adventures. Interesting. So you think Strange Adventures is going to outsell Strange Academy? Um, well, see, all right. Now, I I know that Strange Adventures has two covers. Strange Academy has a lot more than that. <laughs> right. uh, so it's probably not. Uh, Strange Academy will probably outsell. Uh, which one will get, I think, the bulk of the praise uh, and the one that I think will get that everybody will say you need to read this mm. is uh, is Strange Adventures and 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 we're going to talk about them both. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, to be fair, I think they target two very disparate. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. They are not for uh, the, the target audience isn't necessarily the same right. group of people. Right. Um, I will say they were both extremely well done. Yes, of course. Uh, if, if you are judging solely on the merits of the creative teams, both on the writing side and the visual side, both of these books were impeccable. Oh, I have a question. Uh, wow. Um, only because, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't paid attention to something like this in ages. I know that this is Strange Adventures is a black label book. And... and We'll get into it later, but I, I was a little disappointed to see that um, we got the the, the generic cartoon um, cursing in the issue, which is weird for a black label book. But um, do still are there still stores? Are there still stores uh, like down south that will not, even though everything is rated T plus these days, are there stores that will not like back in the eighties and nineties? If 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 it was a if it was a rated R book or seventeen an older book. Or uh, Omaha, they wouldn't sell it. Um, obviously, they wouldn't sell it to kids, but it'd be a pain in the ass to try to get from the store. Are, are there still stores out there that will limit or 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 not sell a black label book? I, I have no idea. I don't know. That's a good. Maybe our listeners down south could could tell us. I don't know. Because I would imagine that that would play a part into sales figures, but yeah, I just—I mean, I, I don't think so in this day and age. But I don't know. The way well, yeah, are. we've as, as we unfortunately have come to see nothing is beyond the realm of possibility these days. Right. So, right. 
I don't know. It sounds like the Walmart of comic stores. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I couldn't even begin to to answer that question. Um, uh, okay. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. I, I would. The contrarian that I am, I would open up a store uh, down south just called <laughs> Fuck, Fucking Comics and just sell the most foul comics I could ever get my hands on. Like every every weekend there's a store signed by Mike Deanna. Yep. <laughs> Boiled Angel. <laughs> what? Get your T-shirts. Is that a dick? Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, so which one do you want to go? Let's do Strange Academy first. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I think Jason would be, or and David, are far more qualified than I to go into this. Not sure why you're saying that, but um, but but nonetheless, I think we should give a shout out because uh, Marvel is, generally speaking, very shall we say stringent in their comps. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they, they, it, there are many people that have been creators for Marvel for decades that aren't eligible to get comps even unless it's their own book so um even though at this point in our illustrious podcasting careers we uh have the good fortune of getting quite a few publishers to comp us at least digital copies of their books and and obviously they do that in hopes that we'll talk about them um marvel has never been one of those companies but uh but this time i guess as part of the uh, effort to make sure that this was the top-selling book of the month. They uh, arranged to send each of us a very nice little package. And in that package was a promotional uh, class schedule. That was so great. Right? And a little letter. And then in it was a variant edition of Strange Academy number one. And as Dab said, I know there's a million... Variant copies, I, I uh, variant covers. I I don't pay attention to that, so I don't know which variant cover like this would be considered. But it's uh, do you have oh, a the 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 letter that uh, that Scotty writes in the inside cover of this says you are now holding in your hands an exclusive press variant copy of Strange Academy. So printed oh, nowhere go. else. So this this now this, <laughs> the image on this cover um, may just be the one for for the press. This cover that we were sent um, is exactly the same as the standard first issue cover, except for our cover has Dr. Strange in the upper left-hand side of the cover. The standard cover is missing Stephen Strange and it has the, has a, um, has it the, the house, the Academy in, Interesting. Okay. So, um, which I I love the press version because I I I, I love that mm-hmm. drawing of 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 Strange by Umberto. But yeah, I um there there were a couple of of um I don't know Scotty at least has one, but I I know that uh, <laughs> there were a couple of variants I looked at, and and yeah, I I really there were some that I would have been keen to have, uh, but I I um it looks like my story yesterday. Didn't they had one copy on the shelf left? I don't know how many were ordered, and I don't know how many were sold out before I got there. Um, but I I had it on my pull list. I had it ordered um, before we received this, obviously months ago. And to and and 
something that we mentioned off the air, and I, I think it was yesterday, there is a slight difference between the press copy we received and the one you'd be able to get yeah. at the store. I want to get into that a little bit because sure. okay. I, I had a I giggled internally when uh, when Scotty said uh, printed nowhere else. The Marvel sent us what looks to me like the equivalent of a Kablam book. It is not offset printed. Um, but only at Marvel would you get a press copy that features better quality paper than the stuff they have on the newsstand. <laughs> I mean, that, this paper's thick. It has a nice yep. weight to it. Um, unfortunately, the uh, print-on-demand process creates a sheen so it's it's very shiny um not as not it's a different kind of shiny it's a matte shiny as opposed to uh like a gloss shiny for the stuff on the newsstand mm -hmm. uh newsstand comic shops but and i don't think this press copy the paper that they use or the process that they employed with which to print it um this paper didn't absorb uh, the ink the way uh, the offset does. So the, I don't think the colors are as saturated in this press copy to the degree they are in the, the offset printed one. I, I would love to put them side by side and, and just um, compare. Not that it looks soft, but there are instances where the blacks aren't, aren't real black. Like, right. like not There's super black. There's there's one panel early on, in 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 the press copy, uh, when um, when Emily is being attacked by the tree, and and it's a um, the tree actually hits Emma, uh, her her Saint Bernard, and the the red in that panel pops a lot more in the press copy than it does in. Right, the copy I picked up at the shop, but everything else though throughout the issue, I think looks better in the in the standard issue from the shop. Right, but so that's fascinating because I haven't gotten my non comp copy yet. I'll get that in my shipment probably this weekend, I guess. But um, so okay, that's interesting. But yes, yeah. the paper is the paper is in in the standard comi, uh, copy copy. Um, thinner your 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 traditional every other comic book you, you you bought this week from marvel that's what the standard copy is and and as vince says yeah the it it's the the thick i mean i like the thickness of the paper and and i mean if you stand them up side by side the the one we received from marvel um you know it feels thicker puckers out a little bit because of the way it was folded and and stapled and and it doesn't it's it wasn't yeah it, it feels like an on-demand type of um I mean, it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with the story itself. It was just one of those weird instances, and 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 I have the opportunity to actually compare them side by side because I have them both here. Mm -hmm. um, when I took and, the book and, out of the bag, I said, "Wow, is this an oversized issue?" Because it seems thicker. Right, right, exactly. That's true. Yeah. And uh, and and there are the. I, I was expecting also the. I wasn't. I was expecting the standard copy. To be thicker page count wise because of ads, but there's there are no the only ad in the press copy is sadly for Emerald City Comic Con, and the 
and that's the same ad in the standard copy and where there's a um there's a page for i think it's for uh the ad is for empire in the press copy and that's the page that um they slide in the uh the digital code page but everything else the 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 with the exception of the interiors because there, there's an ad for black widow on the inside of the standard copy but we have the letter from scotty in the press copy and the back ad everything else is exactly the same the application for the academy so so there's there's hardly any ads in the first issue mm-hmm. nice yeah uh right so all right so the the book was we're in the front cover of the book we get a little one well, a little actually uh, a lengthy letter from scotty uh taking the readers through the journey that led to this comic um if i'm not mistaken he told the origin story for this comic uh on his last appearance here i think but off air yeah oh it was off air okay yeah, yeah exactly. um so people haven't heard it but uh but yes basically he pitched cb sapolsky who is the editor-in-chief but also his friend uh, just on a whim, hey, what about uh, what about an academy of, of of young magic wielders in the Marvel universe? Uh, not dissimilar to like a Harry Potter scenario. And uh, two years later, we have this book. Um, so it's written by Scotty. It is drawn uh, by Umberto Ramos. Beautifully drawn, absolutely. Um, and I know that that's a big thrill for Scotty to uh, be writing a book that Umberto is drawing because. Berto was one of his his uh, inspirations when he was coming up in the industry, um, and uh, it's a it's a fa- it's it's w- good ideas in are oftentimes things that once you see them you're like oh that makes so much sense why didn't I think of that or why was why didn't someone think of that twenty years ago and and this fits into that right it's it's let's take the magic world of of Marvel. And create a bunch of new kids that are going to go to a school, a boarding school, and learn how to wield their magic. It's basically mashing up the world of Doctor Strange with the world of the New Mutants and Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, right? I mean, that's that's you take those two concepts, mash them together, you get Umberto's whimsical artistry, and you get Scotty's bent for humor and interpersonal relationships as a writer, and you have this book. Right, you throw it all in a cauldron, mix it up, have an editor sprinkle some salt and pepper on top, and uh, and away we go. But uh, but this is basically a getting the band together first issue, so you know they had me there. I love that. I love I love 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 when teams are getting together. Uh, I'm a sucker for that, uh, even though it's an old conceit that happens a lot in in licensed comics or big two comics. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Zoe. Will be the uh, I guess the the main uh, um, uh, character you you would say right? Um, is that fair to say? You think which yeah. one? I think she's the focal point. Yeah, Emily or Emily Emily. Yes, sorry. yes, sorry. yes, Emily, yes. Emily, uh, Emily Bright, Emily Bright. Yes, thank yeah, because she's your she, she's your eyes to to get to the school. Uh, we're introduced to her right off the bat. So so once um, Zelma who appeared in, in Jason Aaron and uh, Chris Piccolo's uh, yes. run. Um, she was great in that. She is absolutely great. I, I think she's a fantastic character. And so, so she's basically the, um, the, the, the head of admissions and, and yeah. recruiter and, 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 and mistress, but she's, um, 
she brings Emily to the school, and then that's when just just like when you saw uh, the first Harry Potter movie, and Harry is is seeing Hogwarts for the first time, and so are we, and and so it's yeah. it's exactly that that kind of setup where we're 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 not we're not overseeing this, we're not coming in from above and watching everybody interact. We're 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 experiencing this at the same time, right? Right. And and for the most part, this first class, this new class is because everybody is here uh, for the first time, and that it and that gave it a um. You're absolutely right with with the whole new mutants feel and 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 how young characters are, are coming together. I, it reminded me though because of the connections to previously existing characters. It reminded me of Secret Warriors, where where obviously oh, yeah, sure. here's mm-hmm. here's Doyle Dormammu and 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 you have a uh, couple of Asgardians and and so there's there's a connection to the larger Marvel universe. Uh, there's the weird world and, and there's just there's there is a lot that you'll be able to to pick at here and and, and i i think there's there are enough characters someone's going to everyone's going to be someone's favorite character mm-hmm. i feel there's... now do you say so you say dormammu do you vince do you say dormammu or dormammu dormammu did i say dormammu oh, oh no I, said, I, no you said dormammu it's just Vin, a, David, you said dormammu it's just a Vin, syllable Vince said dormammu I, I, then that's, yeah, no, I, I tend to, that's because the Doyle threw me off with the alliteration. I, I tend to say Dormammu. No, okay. see, I did it again. That's, so, yeah. that's where I'm at too. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, and so, so we, I mean, Emily is human and we, as you said, she's narrating the book, at least at the start, telling you about her journey, but we start with her being a baby in the crib and, uh, her growing up and becoming a teenager. She's, she's in just inherently a strong magic wielder. Um, she just she just is is one with magic. She doesn't. She, no one taught her. She's been able to wield it from 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 birth, basically. And her papa gets hit by a car, and uh, I I thought that would have Dab feel in some kind of way. <laughs> um, but she, she's so she's so strong. She she essentially wills her pup back to life, um, which. I, anyone that's that's read any magic, but certainly in the Marvel universe, there, that is not an easy thing, right? Bringing something back to life or from near death is is strong, strong magic, and it comes at a cost. You don't just get to do that, and uh, so she does it. And then, in a in a funny enough, I think when the tree comes to life and attacks her for doing all of this and warning her that she's dealing with things that she can't handle, um, it's funny to me because. I really thought that that two-page scene looked so much like what it would look like if Scotty drew it. Like I thought that was straight out of Scotty. Yeah, smart. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that looked like a Scotty Young tree creature to me, uh, more than Umberto. So I wonder how much they consulted on what that thing would look like. But uh, but it definitely seeing those two pages definitely cemented for me what a what an ideal pairing it is to have Umberto uh, draw for Scotty because you know Scotty unapologetically has a very stylized cartooning. Uh, you know, uh, bent and, uh, it, it, Umberto and, and Bocello and a few others are, are all part of that, that same school. I mean, they were the people I think that Scotty had probably emulated earlier in his career and, uh, before he found his own voice. And so it is nice to see, I love when you see a writer and an artist pair together and it just feels natural. It just feels like it's, it's, it's the right fit. Uh, and I definitely got that vibe. So, um, 
But uh, but then they get the classic, just like reminding me of Xavier's. They get the classic talk where the parents are like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to send my daughter away," and 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 uh, it's explained that that listen, you know, she's she's if she keeps going the way she's going, things are going to get dangerous for her. So give us a shot. And uh, straight out of lock and key, they uh, they open the door and uh, and and were able to use uh, go to anywhere they wanted. They end up going to uh, to the academy. Which is set in New Orleans, which is interesting. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of New Orleans myself. I think it's a, Never a, been. a vile, dirty city. But uh, no offense to those listeners who live there. But uh, <laughs> highly overrated city from my vantage. But um, I know Scotty's a big fan. I think he spent his 40th birthday there. And uh, I guess it makes sense because the headmaster is uh, <laughs> brother, brother Voodoo. Yeah. And obviously he is... Uh, he is voodoo is very much tied into that uh, area of the country. So it all makes sense. It's logical um, that it's there, but, uh, but an interesting choice. Um, and then we, uh, we get into the Academy and we start meeting all the kids and the uh, teachers. And that's really what this issue is. It's kind of setting the tone for that, right? As you said, there's two as guardian twins, uh, Irik and Alvi. There is a like a, uh, I guess is she pink purple? She's purple and pink polka dot, um, flying sprite, um, named Shaylee Moonpetal. Right? Yeah, she's a fairy. Fairy? Yeah, fairy. Yeah. I don't know like where she would be from. I guess some other a fairyland. Well, but where in the Marvel universe would that fit? Is what I'm asking. She came the same place Pixie came from. Isn't Pixie? No, Pixie's dude. not a fairy. No, Pixie's just a mutant girl. Oh, well, she looks like a fairy. I know she does. Uh, <laughs> wow, you are shutting me down. What is this? <laughs> um, the I love the touch of having the mindless one be the mindful one. Yes, <laughs> which is awesome. Great idea. There's a gigantic um, uh, blue creature who is a, a frost giant. Uh, the name escapes me. I forget the name. Which doesn't sit well with the Asgardian boys. No, they got issues. They got yeah. beef. Um, we get a little guest appearance by Loki who rolls up and says, uh, you know, it is what it is. And then I think probably the other, or who I should say, the most likely breakout star of this book, the character will probably see pop up in other books, regardless of what happens with Strange Academy in a year or two, is uh, is, is is the aforementioned Doyle Dormammu who is uh, Dormammu's son, and he's dressed kind of like a normal kid. And he's got a pumpkin head, flaming pumpkin head like his dad. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to be like the the um, the entitled the rich Quentin kid. Choir. The group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I and, like Despair uh, the best. What's that? I like Despair the best from Limbo. Who? Despair. Oh, Despair. Right, right, right. And then there's a boy... Who's just a normal dude who has a le- magic leather jacket? Um, what's his name? I can't. Is it Joe? It might just be Joe, right? Where is everybody's name? Yeah, we have. Uh, it's hard Calvin. to tell. With- Calvin. It's Cal- Calvin. Yes. Calvin, who's just a he's just a, a normal human kid, but he comes a he finds a leather jacket, and somehow or another, the leather jacket is imbued with with magic wielding powers. So, um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because because the Asgardian says, uh, "Oh, your name's Kevin." He's like, "Nope, it's Calvin." And he runs. That's there. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, 
that it's now having not gone to a college with dorms, I don't know how, how they try to accommodate new students. But um, as as uh, Doctor Voodoo says, you know, if everything was comfortable or easy, why why would you all be here? And and all of the classmates are um, magically paired up, but the the brothers from Asgard want to, of course, share a room, but they don't. And, uh, and, and one of them ends up with Doyle. The other ends up with Calvin. Um, mm-hmm. luckily Shaley and, and, and Emily gets a room, but yeah, it's, um, I, I, I thought that that was a neat little trick instead of just, you know, having everybody pair up, which would be easy. I, I, I like the, um, the, the, maybe some tension, but at least the, the characters will get to, to interact. And I think, just judging by that one panel, something may be up with um, with Doyle and because uh, the way they're 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 rubbing against each other doesn't um, makes me think something is going to happen between the two of them. Interesting, Vince. I'm really surprised that you said Desi was your favorite and that Toth wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's first of uh, all, it's a character named Toth. Yes, <laughs> I I get it. Second of all, it is a teenage swamp thing ice creature. Uh, actually, it's a man thing world. ice creature. A man thing ice creature. Yeah, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't glom onto it. Is because it's it's uh, cast in the mold of my favorite Marvel character, so I'm mm, not going there. But uh, yeah, you give me a half demon or full demon. She is cute too. That, is yeah, cute. that the hair over the eyes like, like that. Goblin, yeah, yeah. yeah, and when she whispers in. Uh, in in her ear, like it's that's my that's my punishment. I, I like that. I like her roommate too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's funny because reading this, like when they say when she when when Desi's talking about death and stuff, and then the one dude's like, "Oh, that's a bit extra," and then she says, "Yes, I'm a bit extra." <laughs> like it's funny because like reading that, I'm sure it makes sense to people, but if you knew Scotty, like he says extra a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, like I can hear Scotty writing those words and laughing to himself. <laughs> right, like he, he's probably very proud of himself for that scene. Yeah, because well, I'm sure he. There's a lot of one-liners in here that he'd be proud of. Most notably, the Asgard one. Yes, yeah, yes. like we've all said that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remember that Alvy is the one with the man bun, and Eric is the one who is. Uh, yeah, with I, I, I'm not gonna have to remember that. <laughs> I I don't. I'm, I'm getting the vibe that maybe they're not brothers. Maybe they're brother and sister. Oh. Because there's one um, panel when um, when the, when the oh, action happens, and it's it's in the pa- page where Alvi defend German while he's in his animate stage, and Alvi has the spear, and just the way the jacket's puckering around the chest area may be an indication that Alvi may be uh, a girl. I don't know, or maybe transgender. I don't know. But what I'm maybe saying it is, a, it could be a trans thing. Maybe, yes, because yes. to your point, man bun, glasses, and wearing the suit jacket. Yeah, the whole time, yeah. as if. I think it's a good idea, though. It's interesting. It's a very good idea, but I have and, to. And we've had Loki with the with the whole gender change. So I mean, it's it's a tiny, I mean, if, if yeah, as far as being reanimated and things like that. But yeah, no, that's that that's that's a good pickup, right? Um, and then basically they get everybody there, see the sights, and then and then like any good dean, uh, Doctor Voodoo, I called him Brother Voodoo earlier. I forgot he's Doctor Voodoo these days. He he just explains to them why they're there and that uh, 
there's never been a school like this, but that there needs to be because uh, ever since that arc of Doctor Strange, the magic world of Marvel is totally out of whack and they're trying to put it back together. Uh, and Voodoo introduces us to the teachers. So we, we already know Zelma because she's been out recruiting uh, the ancient one, which is interesting. Um, the mindful one, as we talked about. Uh, and then there's going to be some roving uh, teachers who pop in, including uh, Son of Satan, Damon Hellsford. Yes. Uh, Nico Minoru uh, of Runaways fame. Scarlet Witch, Magic, and Shaman. So it's nice to see. A little Alpha Flight representation. Love to see that. Uh, and um, and then they're like, well, wait a minute. How is it called Strange Academy? And Doctor Strange has nothing to do with it. And on cue, gigantic monster beast demon thing comes it pops out of nowhere and Doctor Strange is fighting it and just like in the New Mutants it's basically the New Mutants in the Danger Room the kiddo's first lesson is to help Doctor Strange defeat this creature and uh, we get some awesome Umberto uh, battle scenes and some uh, some whip smart dialogue as they're all interacting with one another and uh, of course they, they win spoilers and uh, Doctor Strange is there saying, all right, let's get it on. Let's do this, right? Like, we're going to get things done. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I, I it was, it was, it felt very much like the kind of book that I think Scotty is best at, at for. I think he, uh, this checks a lot of the boxes for him. And, I, and I'm excited by that because while I loved, say, what he did in his um, year-long run on Deadpool, um you know, I think, t- to my mind, Scotty and probably lots of creators uh, are at their best when they get to play with their own characters. And I realize that a lot of the characters in this aren't aren't his his own. I mean, that they already exist. But a team book where where he gets to create a group of new characters that will interact with the other cr- characters, I think, is yeah. a a much better, more natural fit for something I can see him really thrive on than just doing you know a, a Marvel book of 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 the like just taking over another marvel book like whatever it may be whether it be you know spidey or silver whatever you any book right like like i just i think for scotty for for him to thrive he needs to have some portion of it be uh from his own mind's eye and uh and so i think this is a nice solution to that of giving him a group of kids and it also is interesting to me because he doesn't mention it in his letter but um i know for him uh, Generation X was a huge thing. <laughs> and this is, you know, this is in a way a chance for him to kind of come full circle and to do his own book version of that type of book. So it's it's pretty cool. And it is one of those things like, why hasn't there been a Magic Academy? Right? There's a Mutant Academy and there's Young Avengers and there's there's, but but there's the champions, but there hasn't been a there hasn't been a, a, a magic-centric kid book until now. Yep. I was thankful that Scotty included um, Zelma from his booze <laughs> run on uh, Doctor yeah. Strange because th- that grounded me. I mean, she was the anchor for me because I know her from the Jason Aaron run of, of Doctor Strange. And, yeah. And, um, I, I, I enjoyed the book very much. But we were talking demographics in the in the beginning of the episode. I, I'm not the target for this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. 
Um, there's no disputing the fact that Scotty can write very well, especially younger characters. He he's he has he has teenage blood running through his veins, and and you can mm-hmm. tell he he loves kids. And I, I, the the character interactions were fun. Um, you can see not only Scotty's influence on Ramos's art, but that Carlos Melia is always on the page when when Umberto <laughs> Ramos yeah. dra- draws something. Like I think I actually think they were friends. Uh, he he uh, Ramos uh, admired Melia to the point where he kind of adopted a bit of his his style, and I guess mm-hmm. the two actually interacted uh, for an extended period before uh melia passed but uh yeah i can't help but seeing infinite city in everything ramos does which Mm -hmm. is great because they're both phenomenal artists so why not but um yeah it was it was fun but i i don't see myself continuing with it not not to slight scotty he knows i love him so much but this just it's just not a title that that i gravitate to yeah well that's not a surprise i mean you're not you're not like you're not the young justice or the no. teen titans or the champions or the young avengers guy it's not your right right yeah uh, extremely well done and and props to scotty but well i think of all the number ones tonight that we're going to chat about i think each of us had a different favorite we did and uh if if i'm not mistaken this was of the of the ones on the slate this was dap's favorite uh the ones of the four that uh um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's um, and as 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 I mentioned yesterday, I mean even before because because Vince asked me, um, when I said oh, I'm I'm picking it up at the shop and and well, why not just read the 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 comp copy and it's it's on my pull list. It's 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 got the Doctor Strange connection. It's um it's it's Umberto. I mean that's that that that's a draw right there. Um. And and getting it on the ground floor with with a bunch of new characters, so um, you know it, this is a case where you know like Strange Adventures, I want to support the people I know and 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 care about, and and I like their work. This is um, this is this also falls under there. I, I know that yeah, that there are. It's very easy, like for Vince not being you know the wanting to read a bunch. of books with a bunch of kids there's we can all it's it, well for me it's very easy but i think we can all find a reason to um not if, if something isn't floating your boat for whatever reason it, whether you know it was is miller and, and hitch on on fantastic four very easy for me to walk away for for whatever reason from something so mm-hmm. uh knowing that the creators involved in this are extremely talented uh i i completely understand vince's take on it but this this was absolutely a um i i I enjoyed it from start to finish like i mean we keep gushing about how how gorgeous it is but um it just it 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 read really well it wasn't clunky that nobody was annoying nobody it just it it worked for me from start to finish i just i i was immediately in love with the world and and as as characters are introduced and i'll yeah, I, I read it so we could talk about it, but I'm, I'm going to reread it so this way I can get familiar with mm-hmm. with the characters. But it's it's a um, it's I'm extremely optimistic. There 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 are first issues where I'll read and I'm like, 
you know, I'll, I'll see where it goes. Or this just felt like the, a, a setup or, you know, it, it was missing something or it ended too soon or why wasn't it a double set? There, there, there are little things I'll, I'll nitpick, but here, this was, this was a case where I just, I, they, they hooked me. It was, it was a successful mission. I, I absolutely think that, uh, that it was, um, it's, it's weird. I think, and, and we read a lot this week so far. I mean, for everything that came out yesterday, but yeah, if, if you were to have your, um, my favorite thing I read this, cause, cause there were a couple things I read that, that weren't new for this week, but yeah, this, mm-hmm. this might, um, this might be my, my pick when you, when you make your post, but yeah, it, to answer your question, yes, I think of, of the number ones we're going to talk about this most likely, um, and they were all pretty. They were all very, very close. None, none of the number ones, I shrugged off and said, "Well, that was a waste." Every I enjoyed every mm-hmm. single one of the four that I liked. This, this is just something about each one where they kind of. Um, it was a very close race, but yeah, this. Um, I, kudos to everybody involved. Thanks to um, thank thanks to Marvel for sending it to us. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm in for the um, for the long haul for sure. Nice. So, Vince, why don't you tell us about what your favorite of these number ones was? Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't think we were going that way. But uh, uh, you want to swing down that uh, road? We will. Yeah. Uh, now, I got. I guess I have to set this up a little bit because when this book was um, solicited... It's a couple months ago, right? Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't... It, they had to... They they ended up pivoting. They 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 didn't. They they pulled it. So it wasn't when it was originally solicited. You ended up not being able to order it, and it, and then it kind of snuck out because I don't remember it being resolicited. Well, I didn't pay much of attention to it uh, initially, and I paid even less once the uh, precarious nature of its possible publication reared its head. So I I completely forgot about it, to be honest with you. And um, it's published by, uh, as far as I'm concerned, an unknown quantity. Blaze. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, I could say otherwise. I mean, aside from aside from the uh, Adlard book, I couldn't tell you uh, what else they have. Right. Uh, published by Ablaze Publications. Written by Jean-David Morvan. Illustrated by Pierre Alary. With color art by, I'm going to, Take a stab at it. Sejas? Or Sejas, maybe? Sejas to the dress? Yes. The Sejas queen. And, um, it, it, again, this is uh, ties into the precarious nature under which this was published. It is called The Sumerian, Queen of the Black Coast. For reals, one. dude. Uh, <laughs> of course. I love that. I yeah, love the title. But it, it of course, uh, adapts the, the famous story written by Robert E. Howard featuring his greatest um, creation Conan and I find it odd that the the licensing deal must be really I, mean, I don't even think uh, is Robert E. Howard stuff public domain I don't know I don't yes. think it, yes, is. it is that's mm-hmm. why that's why they're able to that, that they can't call it they, they can't publish a book called Conan but they can use just like just like you could have three different publishers right now doing Sherlock or Dracula books. There's nothing. So Marvel basically bought the rights to just the name. 
they're allowed to publish. They can adapt. They can tell Conan stories, and they can publish. They're but, just like Dark Horse can't anymore, right? Conan, but this this Marvel, is a this is a Conan story. He's called Conan yes, in, in the story. Is, which surprise! Mm-hmm. I was I wasn't expecting to see that, but yeah, I'm glad I did. But yes, they can't just they just cannot publish. So it, they can't publish a comic book called Conan. So it must be something with having that name on the cover. Yes, because otherwise. That's the only thing separating the Sumerian from Conan. It's Conan. Um, now, has 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 Marvel or Dark Horse has anyone um, adapted this particular? Oh, Queen of the Black story? Queen of the Black yeah, Coast was fact, Marvel did it first. Marvel did they it. Did, right. I read, okay. I read the Dark Horse version uh, yeah. by Kurt Busiek. Right. Yeah. Right. That's where I, I mean, I, I'm a. I'm certainly a much more novice Conan ophile than, than Vince or probably many of our listeners, but I've heard a decent chunk of, uh, of Conan. And I, uh, for me, it's, it, it pretty much begins and ends with Belit. You, you give me a good Belit story. I'm in. Right. I've, I mean, I've read various issues of the Marvel stuff. I've, I've read almost none of, of the dark horse stuff and, and the issues I've read from Marvel back in the air or even, in King Conan, there wasn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you which arcs were adapted. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was an actual original Marvel story or if it was mm-hmm. something based on one of his novels. So yeah. So so for me to ask, is this the first? It's it's a silly question considering the the publishing history. But yeah, I I so that I'll as we get into it after I'll I'll, I'll ask you guys how this compares to the other publishers' versions. Well, Roy played a little fast and loose with the. Uh the Robert E. Howard mythology. I mean, when it suited him, he stuck to it. When it didn't, he didn't. Like, Elric crossing into Conan? What? <laughs> That's Elric, Elric is not a Robert E. Howard character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Red Sonja, to Roy's credit, uh, Robert E. Howard's Red Sonja is nothing like the Red Sonja from the Conan comics. Only in name. So, um, the, as we said, this adapts Robert E. Howard's Queen of the Black Coast, and the cover is a little bit disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, that was my first comment. I, I, I will before you get into it. I, I, I think we may have even talked about how I had just no interest in a blaze because, uh, I, I think their typography and graphic design in Diamond is a, an abomination. It is loud and blocky and and oversaturated with conflicting colors and then the covers just looked so much like yet another like low key cheesy licensed book type of thing and i it just made me think that's what we were going to get and right. i cannot believe based on that cover and the solicit that what we got is what we got. I right. cannot believe it. I don't think they did themselves a favor by putting this cover on the book. Because no, I completely agree. Yeah. At first blush, it looks like a Xenoscope book. Yes. Yes. And yeah. uh, it, the cover looks like an upscale, like Xenoscope actually paid a competent artist to do the covers. <laughs> That's what this looks like. It I looks, was expecting the interior to be like Boundless or Xenoscope with gigantic fake titties and well that and, was the push right it, yeah, in the initial yeah. solicit initial solicit it said uh robert e howard's famous character conan the way you always wanted him to be depicted with this all the savagery and the sexuality 
that were in the original stories. Um, Howard hinted more often than not at the sexuality, but that's besides the point. Uh, so, okay, I'm thinking adult Conan uh, that goes beyond what we saw in Savage Sword. All right, I, I can deal with that. But then I saw the cover and I was like, oh, damn. Okay, I'll give it a look if it ever comes out. And again, it did come out. And the interiors, the cover is absolutely no indication of the gorgeous, phenomenal, just world-class artwork you're going to see inside the covers of this book. Um, I am not overstating it. This Pierre Elari guy is a freaking master. I love every single line, every mark this guy puts down. Jason said it looks a little bit like Dan Panosian. I think there's a lot of Bruce Tim in it. Um, it, it, it is incomparable. This Conan is not nearly as handsome as Barry Windsor Smith's. He's tatted up. He's not as savage as the Basima Conan. This guy's a little bit of, he's a, he's in between. He, he looks like a prize fighter that went a couple of rounds too much. Like he's a little puffy and scarred. And but you can you could still see the 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 handsomeness of the man that was was underneath there. Uh, but he's rugged. He's a he's a lion. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's a Sumerian lion and he's savage and everything Conan should be. But um, a, as far as the story, it's it's pretty close to the truth. Um, Conan's on the run after killing a judge, and he let his. Uh, uh, Pricean uh, motivations take over. Uh, it was all because a friend of his, or an associate of his, it's true, an, an associate of his was being harassed by the by the pigs because um, a guard was hitting on this friend's lady friend, and Conan's friend is like, "What the hell are you doing?" and um, the friend unfortunately killed the guard in response, so they brought Conan in because of his association to these characters. And while the judge was questioning him, Conan's like, "Fuck this shit!" He just got up and cut the guy's head off. Um, and so Conan was on the run. Uh, he naturally escapes the only way Conan can. Finds himself on a horse, evades uh, multiple arrows and swords, and you know he gets roughed up in the process. But eventually. Uh, unfortunately for the horse propels the horse off a cliff and the horse is riddled with arrows on the way down and it was so sad conan and the horse plunge into the water and the horse is going down with a bunch of arrows sticking out of him and conan of course makes his way to the surface where he encounters a ship conveniently enough um and uh it's one helmed by a uh, uh, captain tito and they have uh odd words <laughs> initially uh conan climbs on board and, and he's like uh, where are you going and the uh, captain says hey we're going to the we're going to kush and conan says all right then that's where i'm going he's like wait a minute wait 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 i don't even know you from adam who are you and conan says look you're gonna want me on your side i'm really good at what i do um 
and uh, the captain says, you know what? I kind of like you, Conan. And Conan says, sorry, sailor, but you're not my type. And it gets weird. It gets <laughs> uh, weird, yeah. a little weird for a second because the captain's like, eh, eh, that's not what I meant. Conan's like, nah, I'm just shitting you. You know, we're, 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 we're good. So Conan joins the crew. And much to the captain's benefit, Conan does what Conan does. And, and they have multiple adventures together and, and they're successful. And um, Conan, in a sense now, is, is akin to a, a pirate. You know, these guys are freebooters. They, they, they go where they want and they take what they want and they get into all sorts of uh, altercations. And it's, it's, it's pulpy sword and, and, and uh, the sorcery aspect isn't played up yet. But uh, sword and and uh, savagery, and they're coming down this waterway, and uh, it's, it it looks like the uh, what they've come to know is the regular denizens of this area have come to a very untimely end. Let's just say there are head mm-hmm. their skulls on pikes, there are people hanging from from trees and 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 impaled on on large branches. And uh, Captain's like, nah, I don't know, this doesn't look good. This looks like the handiwork of somebody we've almost encountered before. And one of the, the crew members says, it's the Tigress. And they are, of course, talking about Belit and the, you know, the Queen of the Black Coast. So uh, they eventually do encounter Belit and her crew. And Conan, being Conan, says, fuck this, gets a bow and arrow. And he's like, I'm not usually, you know. I don't like picking up this crap. I mean, I like close quarters fighting, but this will do right now. And he, bing, he flings an arrow, and it comes up short. And the boats get together. They, they, they come within proximity, and Conan fires another arrow, and unfortunately for one of Belit's people, manages to, to, to take the arrow. So it's on, bitch. And the, the two crews um, battle, and uh, Belit, makes a play for Conan and they fight and doesn't take long for her to get all, uh, get her basement flooded because she, she, <laughs> she, she, uh, she looks into Conan's eyes and she's like, man, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a lion, man. You're a Sumerian. You're a man from the North. And Conan's like, yeah, you know, and it, it uh, for, it was prophesied that, uh, by, a an old man, addled by the the fumes of the black lotus that she would in fact meet a northerner and fall in love it would be the love of her life and she remembers this prophecy as she's fighting conan and it is revealed that he comes from the north so they uh they hit it off and unfortunately for captain tito (laughs) his his ship and his crew and i'm assuming himself don't fare very well because they 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 yeah, they go down pretty pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Conan and Belit, they make names for themselves. I mean, she already had a rep, and I'm sure Conan did too at this point. But uh, they they become the uh, infamous for their savagery, both on the battlefield and in the bedsheets. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of sex in this book, but it's very tastefully done. Um, it is a little more explicit than what we saw in Savage Sword. Uh, there's pubic hair in one panel. You never saw that in Savage Sword. Um, if you look right under the uh, text box on the page where Conan and Belit are dead center in mm-hmm. in uh, browns and, and ochres and 
fleshies and everything else is done in in you know with the bluish cast look to the right right underneath yep. that there's a little pubic hair there yeah she's well kept let's just say right under valhalla right and uh a lot of side boob which is awesome because i love the i love the titillation uh don't reveal everything to me D- give me glimpses and and uh flashes of of the the form uh like betty page I, uh, well i shouldn't use that that's not a good example um i i just like to see the 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 sizzle you don't have to give me the whole steak Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, there's a portion at the end when, um, in true Conan fashion, the uh, Queen of the Black Coast is beset by a giant uh, serpent. A, a huge snake um, coils itself around the, the ship, and Conan jumps into the fray in a second, got the sword, plunges it into the side of the snake, does a nice little ring around it, and the snake is uh, cut in twain. And Belit says to herself, you know what? I wasn't wrong about this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, while the ship sails on, they notice the remnants of uh, a prior civilization now inundated with uh, the sea has taken this prior civilization. And it says uh, to be continued. And I'll tell you, definitely, by far, the, the best thing I read this week. Uh, the story's very good. I mean, it's it's adapted it's adapted from a great story. So, a lot of the work had been um, done mm-hmm. for the writer, but for me, uh, good story, absolutely stellar, phenomenal. Uh, just makes my eyes happy that they work reasonably well because the, ev- this guy has a a style that you could tell there's an instinct there that has been um, honed to to this state over many, many, many years. I don't think... I, I didn't have a uh, super amount of time to um, research Mr. Uh, Allery and everything he's done, but that's going to change after the, this episode. Uh, but he has the, the line... It's actual brushwork. He, he does everything with a brush. And more power to him, Right. But he knows when to apply pressure. He knows when to let up. He knows mm-hmm. when to let the line just completely go away and, and let the color hold it. It's it's gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, you just want to eat it. It's so beautiful. So a couple things on this front. He's 50 years old, mm-hmm. French. Um, almost all of his stuff has been European, it looks like. He did... A Moby Dick adaptation. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I think that's a rite of passage for these Europeans. You know what I mean? You get oh, to a certain stage it. in your career and you got to do the Moby Dip, Dick. I needs it. I know. Um, he also looks like he did a long-running series that he created called Belladon uh, and another long-running series uh, adaptation of Sinbad. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, we got to get a our... series called Silas Quarry. Uh, which looks like it's a Victorian detective type of series based on the art I'm seeing. Wow. We got to get our hands on this stuff. Seriously. Dude, I'm telling you, we got to go to Angoulême, dude. Yes. I mean, Oh, my God. I would just bathe myself in Mon Destinée. I would just yep. slather it all over me. Oh, I'm with you. Dude, you know how cheap we get flights now? Yeah. <laughs> 
Nobody <laughs> wants to go anywhere. But anyway, uh, if anyone from from a blaze is listening or knows anyone that works at a blaze, I accomplice son. Uh, no, I no, I'm gl- I'll gladly pay for this stuff. The uh, you need need to publish this in a hardcover. I don't yeah, know. You also it, need to reconsider your cover. Version. Yes, or hire me as your you as your graphic designer, and I'll get you I'll get you set up because it's it's a no brainer to to not put uh, Alari's art on the cover. Like that's it's just, dumb. It is because yeah. it, even stylistically, even, even stylistically, it's so different. Yeah, it's he actually it's actually a bait and switch. It really he's is. Not, oh, he's oh, got. Is, oh, absolutely. they give him. They give him yeah. cover D. Okay, because because two of them are, are are Bennis, which is a parody, and then Merca, and then yeah, then the main, which is by Jason Metcalf. But yeah, well, Merca did one too. Wait, this yeah. this cover with the the black with the ship in flames is Merca and Dolfo? No, 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 no. That's Jason Metcalf. Oh, okay. And, and again, it's not a bad cover. It's it's no, it's, it's not, well done. It's, but it would look good on like a novel. But it it's not. Yeah, it it doesn't. It's not um, necessarily fitting for for this. For for the style of the book, visually, yeah. and and for for the first chapter of this story, I think. Um, no, I, but, I, the art is absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I loved every page of this. It and and there's there's pages. I mean, this, the page with the serpent is awesome with the negative space. But yep. but every there's no scrimping on any of these pages. He no scrimping, no <laughs> scrimping either. He just he puts every there's there's like just there are pages where it's just panel to panel with 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 all the pirates with all the of 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 bullets guards there's just there's and then the last page when when they get to the sunken city it's just it's it's a gorgeous looking book there's some some towards the not so much at the beginning of the issue but 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 towards the end of the first issue um i i definitely see the tim i i get where jason's coming from with 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 the pinocian there there are instances where if 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 i looked at the outline of a character definitely not the faces not 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 the not the expressions more or less maybe with bleed but if if you took an outline of some of the characters and just silhouetted them or blacked them out, some of the some of the way the characters move reminded me of Darwin a bit. But I I think the the art is is just it's stunning. I we all love Mahmoud. That's goes without saying, and and I appreciate the the Marvel approach with with the property. But this um this this kind of just felt right. It, it read right. I I really really like this. Yeah. Well, I and mean, if you go down the list of of all of the notables, uh, notable artists in in Conan history, Barry Windsor Smith, uh, of course John Basima, Carrie Nord, right, um, uh, Mahmoud, just the, the the bigger names, and I'm sure I uh, well the Basima and Alfredo Alcala, all of the all of the the guys that get the the nod from the fans more often than not the realists right mm-hmm. there's very little realism in in this conan i mean yes it it there is a realism but it's one that's been distilled into the barest essence of reality like the the, the characters are exaggerated almost on the verge of cartoony which i, I, I yeah strike me as a heretic i like this approach for Conan more than going with, you know, every muscle in its place and mm-hmm. X heads high and, and the women look a certain, I, I, I think this, this, the, the looser, more free approach works better with Conan. 
and more exaggerated, of course, works better with Conan, but to have this kind of refined artwork inside wrapped in that cover. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's just wrong. And, and they need to rectify. But I, like I said, I don't know if they're only a single issue publisher, if they're going to eventually tr- do collections. I have no idea. But I hope they do. And I hope they do this in the, in the, uh, upscale, uh, larger size hardcover than than what's here because it deserves it this this work is masterful i <clears throat> boggles my mind <laughs> they should have just waited and and just published it as a one one and done because i'm sure this has been in the can they they probably just got the rights to do it to to bring it over here and they're mm-hmm. they're, they're piecing it up into however many issues and the, the, you're not going to make your money on single issues not in this marketplace I like at the end of the issue you get the um the prose version you get the first uh the first two chapters but yeah you get uh, the black lotus and and um chapter 1 conan joins the pirate so yeah you 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 can kind of see where uh the writer of of the comic um not almost uses the artistic license adapts the the original source material um, I didn't want to say it goes into business for himself, but yeah, you can, <laughs> you, you can read where, where, where Robert E. Howard wrote originally in back in 1934 in weird tales and, and see where, um, where the creative team decides to tell their story. Yeah. Well, it looks like, uh, the trend continues for issue number two, because if you continue to the end of the book, that cover again, doesn't look, doesn't represent too much what's going on inside. And I, and does Belit look the same? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's a Jason Metcalf covered then either. So it's not like they have. They don't have their own art germ where it's just somebody who does the covers for their books. Uh, I don't know who did the the cover for the second issue, but yeah, I don't. You know, I'm. It's kind of like what Phil Noto's doing on on the Doctor Strange books. It's like those those covers have absolutely not a damn thing to do with what's going on inside. It's true, but it looks like uh, a blaze is uh, has embarked on a on a uh, path that many publishers, uh, Titan books, uh, Titan comics, they they just take this this European stuff that hasn't been seen over here and and piece it out because there's a three page preview for something called Kids. Kids with a Z. Yeah, um, it, I mean it doesn't look doesn't look bad, but it's it's obviously European. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, very very surprising. Uh, uh, yikes! Uh, the best thing I read so far this week. <laughs> I don't see anything eclipsing this. Nice, super stunning. Now, I'm not the OA guy by a long shot, <laughs> but I would buy a page of this. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah straight you would. Yep. Yeah, super. And let's not uh, slight the colorist too. Uh, Sidious, because the colors in there are gorgeous. Sidious. Yep. Nice. Yeah, Conan is is rugged, super rugged, super burnt brown ochres. Great, great, great stuff. Now is that now? now He's like, supposed to have blue eyes, though. Now, um, yes. Um, I, I'm I'm on record saying that uh, as far as the novels go, that that Daniel Craig is the best representation of of Bond on on film. Does having not read one of Robert E. Howard's novels, does Conan have a tattoo? 
Jesus, I can't even. No, I don't think so. Okay, so then that's that's something that's artistic license, I think. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe after he was king, but I I wouldn't. No, I I wouldn't think Conan would have a a tattoo. And it's weird because it's an octopus. Well, it's it's a Lovecraftian uh, octopus because Robert E. Howard and Lovecraft were booze. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. or at least uh, male friends, not M A M A L E M A I L. They corresponded a lot. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so yeah, Queen of the Black Coast number one from a blaze. Pick it up if you what have a pleasant surprise. Right? Yeah. Seriously. If you have a couple bucks and there it is, you will be very very pleased. Thanks, Vince. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't float anything uh, in your both of your directions if I didn't think it was artistically sound. I'm not going to give you gold. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to give you something that's not artistically sound and that I didn't think you would like. No, I and I, I know that, and, and we've all we've all enjoyed Conan stories, and and I, I know that when I was joking yesterday about you know things that I'll get to around to reading, this, this was on my radar i did have things things pegged that i was going to thumb through uh so i was aware of it because i saw it on the um when we posted the the new releases for the slackers yesterday i i knew what um i knew it was out finally um so it was something i was thinking about but yes seeing seeing your love for it definitely um pushed it closer to making sure it got read for tonight nice Mm -hmm. props faux show yep um well the number one's to continue oh, no okay. uh-huh. now we got another number one uh this one another is one. from another. the uh celebrated team of uh an eisner award-winning team multiple uh tom king mitz jareds this time joined by doc sheener on the first issue of what they're calling strange adventures from the uh, DC Black Label, uh, available. Uh, what is it? There's two covers, or do they, they wrap together? Yes, two covers. No, two covers. Two Every co- issue is going to have two covers: a Mitch cover and a Doc cover. I think it would have. Yeah, I would have liked it better if they wrapped the two. So when you turn, when you flip the the Jared's, which is a downbeat, pessimistic uh, cover, and you got to the uh, pulpy optimism of the Shaner cover, it would have been more jarring. If you saw the flip and you know what I mean, where maybe you would go to the comic shop and you only saw one cover. I, I, yeah, I know the chances of that happening are not very good, but I'm just saying if you actually had to do the physical flip to see the contrast between the two, it would have been Mm -hmm. to me more, uh, impactful, but what the hell do I know? Um, and the, uh, the Shaner cover features the traditional strange adventures in, uh, um the type treatment with the extra the the extracted three-dimensional type yep. and and the the pessimistic uh jared's is just a flat um approximation of same but anyway mm-hmm. so i i mean it's to say there's not much setup in this issue uh, there's a setup but most of it involves an altercation that adam strange has um while signing copies of his recently released memoirs. 
a bunch of people come up to Adam and say, yo, you're the greatest, boo, and and they praise him, and mm-hmm. and they... It's like us at a Comic-Con. Yeah, they yep. drop little nuggets <laughs> about uh, their personal experiences with his work and what it means to them. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, the current events are, are uh, intercut with uh, Adam's time on RAN and his uh his battle with the uh, the i pronounce it picks is it picks i couldn't tell you i mean i yeah that's how i pronounce it which is odd that's how, that's how i read it in my head p y k k t says picked to me but uh which is odd because the picks are a staple of uh robert e howard's conan universe not spelled <laughs> like that so it was meant to be but anyway uh, so the, the, the current events of Adam Strange's uh, escapades on Earth are intercut with his uh, adventures on Ran and his dealing with the Picts. Um, and it, it, it doesn't go well. He, he's fighting them and uh, he thinks he has them on the ropes. Meanwhile, he has to be called back to the palace. Um, real world, someone enters the line and uh very antagonistic very threatening with a black canary t-shirt on and says to adam you know i know about you i know what you did you're, you're a liar and a and, a, and a, a murderer and a scum and and i know and adam's like what the fuck his wife is just like you know you're gonna have that because you're a pseudo celebrity now and and you know, people uh, come in all stripes, and this guy was obviously a little unhinged, and, and, and you know, you'll have it. And Strange is decorated and celebrated. Meanwhile, uh, again, we see more of what's happening on Ron. Uh, the the the, uh, the picks are um, converging on the the home base, uh, which is juxtaposed by a headless corpse of uh, a news broadcast with the man that um, uh, berated Adam for his misdeeds is now turned up dead. And it just so happens that he was killed, apparently, by a weapon that, you know, not, doesn't come from these parts. And they're, they're implicating uh, Adam in it. Um, it's, it doesn't look good because the media has its way. And his words are manipulated. Like yeah, his words are, are manipulated and, and pushed around. And uh, so he he leaves the uh, the media uh, barrage in disgust um, and solicits the help of, of his buddy, Batman. The bats. And he's like, yo, uh, I got a problem. They're saying I killed this guy and I didn't do it. So... Here's what I want you to do. Take my gun. Find out what happened. Like, I know I didn't do it. And I hope you, with our long history, you know I didn't do it. So please, you're the world's greatest detective. Do this for me. Find out what's up. And Batman says, no, I can't do it. Can't have that. We're too close. We have have too much history. I I can't help you out in this case. So um, he does know someone who can, though. And he uh, enlists the aid of uh, a, a suitable replacement for Batman in the in the mm-hmm. the gray matter uh, 
area, and that's uh, Mr. Fairplay himself, mm-hmm. Michael. Uh, so there's a lot more to it, but um, as a first issue, I, I think some of the things maybe we shouldn't release or or uncover because I oh, think yeah, no, yeah um, let's leave. Uh, it, it, it's a mystery. It's it's you know it, the old. There's what I, I mean, not a spoiler. What what I absolutely adore is is there are some pages where uh, instead of you turn the page and it's it's a page by Mitch or it's a page by by Shaner, they actually do work together. Yeah, that's the page. surprise of the. Of I love that. Yeah, um, and it starts off right away, and I I was sitting there thinking like, wait a minute, it's just I I almost had to stare at it to make sure, because um, I assumed there would be a couple pages by Mitch and a couple pages by doc and it'd go back and forth. But like you said, I mean, they're, they, they share pages like different panels. So like, uh, I think the first time we see them share panels is when, yeah. So it's, it's second the thir- page. Oh well, yeah, yeah. After the third. credits page. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when, uh, he, he's, he's knocking boots with Alana. Yeah. He's, so, he's going through his messages. And, yeah. And, she's very and then, attractive and, yeah. As, re- as rendered by both artists, yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we get cause so basically the 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 Rand sequences are going to be by by Evan and and the the real world the uh, the yes more realistic is uh, the the non fantastical will will be by Mitch right uh, um, and and yeah no I think and I think I think for a story like this it's it's extremely fitting, and and I think because they do have different styles, it it works extremely well. This is this is going to be a very um, visually pleasing book when mm-hmm. when all is said and done. It's it's going to from start to finish. I, I, I the way it's going to blend and and play off each other and, and this whole mystery. Ass. I I have nothing but high hopes for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this first issue knocked me on my ass. I, I and I think the reason being because. Um, it it's quintessentially Tom in that this is about taking the superhero world that we're all so steeped with nostalgia for and trying to look at some aspect of the human condition that we don't normally get to that depth of thought in a superhero book. Um, and this one is, is very much about the idea of the cult of personality, the idea that history is written by the victors and that we tend to glamorize and romanticize outcomes, even in things like war, um, if we're on the winning side, but just how absolutely differently uh, and not necessarily untruthfully it can be perceived if you are the victim or the loser of those savageries. And that's really what this is going to explore, where you know, forever, really, we have, been, we have seen Adam Strange as this essentially perfect golden age pulpy uh hero and i love that in the book tom when we're seeing those scenes not only do we get the clean cut visuals from doc but we get adam strange speaking that way in the way that you would have read him if you were reading a a comic from him in 1950 and it's 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 never a it's uh it's 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 golly gee willikers type of dialogue and then then you you get to to modern times when he's on earth and and they're keeping it real i mean they're 
they're they're literally fucking. They're they're dropping. They're you know they're cursing. They're 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 it's 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 just entirely human. And uh, and the way someone would would actually speak today, uh, or if you're reading a a, a modern say uh, street level book, the way people would speak. And I just I, I love that juxtaposition, and I I love the idea of exploring that concept of the cult of personality. Um, you know, the older I get, the more I think I am fascinated and troubled and mystified by how much of quote unquote history we learned and were taught in school as as being sacred, almost like like completely unassailably factual. And then as you see other perspectives and you hear other perspectives and you read other accounts, you realize that really could could have been seen in a completely different light. And that's everything from the world wars to Vietnam to uh, Christ, even Thanksgiving, right? I mean, to, to, or to the, to the founding fathers and the native Americans. I mean, all these things that we were taught and taught in such a, a jingoistic way and, and, and portrayed to us as kids in school as being so, like, like the, the, uh, the hallmark, the high watermarks of our, of our, of our country's history. Um, were if you were on the other end of it, were like vicious, vile, uh, repugnant periods of time full of loss and lament and pain and hatred that much of which persists to this day. And so I just love the whole idea. I, I thought it was brilliantly, brilliantly executed. Um, you know, I know we blow a lot of smoke up Tom's ass and, uh, and Mitch too, but I just genuinely think it's warranted. I think Tom is, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's the best writer in comics because, again, it's so, so subjective when you're talking about the top of the craft. But I certainly can say with confidence he's one of the best writers in comics. And definitively for me, I think he is the writer uh, that does things on an emotional level that I find the most interesting because I think he pushes us to consider the grimy underbelly of the human condition in a way that you just never get to do in, in, in superhero books. Or I shouldn't say never, but you rarely get to do in superhero books. Occasionally, like a Frank Miller or something makes us do that or Alan Moore, but, but it's, it's just very infrequent that we're, we're given that kind of, of, of depth of thought in, in a book with characters that we've just generally seen as being do-gooders who beat up bad guys. So huge, huge, huge three thumbs up for me. Right. I'll let you all guess where my third thumb is. <sighs> I know you didn't intend it, but Adam Strange is Silver Age, not Golden. But Silver yeah. Age, thank you. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I don't think it. This first issue has the weight that the first issue of Mister Miracle had, only because um, on the Mitch side of the equation, the experimentation isn't there that was on full display in Mr. Miracle because it was, um, it was a psychodrama as much as it was anything. Mm -hmm. Sure. And in order to render things like that, you got to get a little bit out of the box and there's, because Adam Strange is a straight and narrow golden boy. There's not so much of that in this, in this issue, but the story doesn't call for it. Right. Right. Um, I know I thought it was wonderful. I, I got a question though. Uh, Tom's, uh, viewpoint of his his fans because he's not too uh, he's not too kind to the the people <laughs> waiting in line at uh, Adam's book signing. I mean, 
there some of them are socially inept others are apparently brain dead and you know then you got the one that, that was so antagonistic it just seems like it's a very downbeat mm-hmm. uh approximation of the general public as it pertains to adam strange and mm-hmm. i'm i'm wondering if i don't think that's the case but i'm wondering if all of the uh many 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 hours that Tom has spent behind a, a folding table contributed to this this view of uh, of fandom in, hmm. a, in, in a sense. You know, uh, I think the the, right. the the most egregious is not the 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 guy frothing at the mouth, but was the last one. It's like, yeah, I just read the shit in, in the yeah. thing, and and it's nuts, man. Did you do that shit? You know, it was you, really? Oh, dude, like what? And it's just the, 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 there's there's yeah, no, you could tell me you there's tell nothing me. functioning above the guy's neck. You know, and it, I don't know. I, I just think it's yeah, a very. Yeah, I, I think uh, Mitch, Mitch said that he literally, that, that scene we see multiple times of Adam Strange holding his hand out saying, Hi, I'm Adam. Can I sign a book for you? Uh, Mitch said he took from his mind's eye of, of what he's seen Tom do a million times at this point. Um, and also, I mean, I don't want to put words in Tom's mouth, but we've had him on a lot of times. And so. When next we do, we can ask him this directly. But but he has said on our show, and I'm sure many other places, that one of the things he does with comics is he works through his own neuroses, right? Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't think a, all of his books are intertwined with personal demons. And so I don't think you're off the mark, Fence. I think I don't think he's probably meaning to come off as uh, insultingly punitive towards all fans, but judgmental. I, yeah, I think he is definitely highlighting certain archetypes of fans that he probably comes into contact with in an inordinate amount of time. Yeah, yeah, he's got the real life. Plus, plus I, yes, the, the I think the convention aspect definitely comes into play, and I don't know if it's if that's entirely represented here. It, it's it may also I, some of where he lives also may play a part, and not necessarily maybe the fans, but uh, or the people who who bought the book, uh, but the way the rest of the world reacts to uh, the events, the incidents in the book, uh, like this first girl. I mean, I, I, she means well, right? But hey, let, let's talk about you know the death of your daughter, and you know it meant a lot to me, and I was crying. How many times has someone on Twitter or Facebook posted something sad and someone will reply with, I'm crying or I'm typing this as the tears are streaming down my face? Like, no, you're not. You're you're not. I read that same tweet about a hundred times today over Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, you're not. I get people retweeting. (laughs) No, I'm serious. A hundred times today people were either retweeted or I saw a tweet saying, I'm literally in tears right now over the greatest candidate ever having to step out because of the misogynist world we live in. And I'm like, you're not crying because you probably couldn't type right now. Like, right. Let's, let's calm down a bit. So I exactly agree with you. Yeah. And, and I don't want to beat this horse, but if you were crying, you wouldn't, you wouldn't slice your emotions up that way by spending time on the keyboard. Oh, I'm going to cry a little bit. No, I'm going to go over here and type a little bit. No, I'm going to cry. It, it's an emotional response. Maybe you did have it, but the words that you're typing do not reflect the reality. You are not crying right now. 
you know yeah. and it's just it, it it infuriates me how we have to go to extremes in order f- to relate our feelings to someone like oh i'm crying this why can't you know why do you have to say anything at all like something really upsets you just you know man this this is this got to me you know like you don't need to say i'm crying or you, you know what i mean like don't go to the polar opposites of of em- the emotional spectrum in order for someone in order to convince someone that you you know i'm down with you i'm crying uh, it's, but it's such a traditional response jason just said it he saw it a, a bunch of times in in response to warm we see it every day yes, and sir. and it's so herd mentality that it kills me uh, yeah uh, all these people are just they're they're all broken in line i wanted i just wanted to see a a a, a socially functional person just say hey that was a really good book thanks for writing it you know great next <laughs> but but uh, uh there's no one in this universe that that's like that so no it, it was uh uh it was a, a triumph, I guess, on, on all fronts. I, I just think th- th- they know what they're doing, right? They've they've uh, honed this team. Yeah, this is what, like the, especially the, the third third time with Mitch and Tom together. Yeah, uh, it's they we, we we know what they can do together. Um, Doc is obviously a, a a friend and 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 appear as far as the creative team goes. They 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 do work well together um I, I there isn't really anything um to be upset or surprised about as far as the the way the book works uh there's um and i'll i'd, I'd ask tom if if he was on the show with us if, if I, for me what one thing that's that's giving me pause is how close How we are you? right <laughs> good day sir there's it, it's we've it, it fe- this is just the first issue so it's i'm only going by this <laughs> it feels like we, we've we've already we've already this is ground i feel it's ground we've already it's it's we've already been down this road because because of mr miracle i'm still there's still a, a closeness there hasn't been a lot of time between the two so so the way that adam and alana interact obviously and and that's that's married life that's that's how couples are you know we've we we see that in other married couples no doubt but it it reminds me of the way scott and barda treated each other and and it's i i'm i'm i don't and he he could shrug this off and say, "I'm not worried about it, or I don't care, or that that's fine." That's how you. I, I'm worried about any 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 typecasting. There, yes, there obviously a lot of a lot of his work. Um, maybe Vision not as much, but but Babylon and and Mister Miracle and now this. There's yes, we 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 can kind of tell that um, that it's it's cathartic for Tom. He's putting his feelings, his experiences uh, on the page, He's telling stories that that have some personal connection and um i i'm i just i don't i don't want something i don't want to read something that that's going to get in, in my head lost because it's it's too reminiscent 
to to a previous work. I I, I want them. I I want. And again, we'll see in another couple of issues how 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 it diverges and, and how wrong I am. But I I just I I want I want some separation. And and maybe the addition of of Doc will will give that to me. I just it feels like I'm reading. A Mr. Mer- the same type of tone and 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 feeling because it, visually it's it's similar, but I'm I'm getting the Mr. Miracle vibe. Whether that's intentional or not, I I want I'm looking for a little bit of of, of separation. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think um, the inclusion of uh, Doc Shaner was inspired. I see a little bit of Gray Morrow in some of these panels, which is is always a good thing, but. Um, you know, as much as I like Shaner, I think his work here is closer to Mitch's than I would have thought. Right? Oh, well, then when you like compare it to Future Quest or. But or, yeah, like there's. It's, so, the, the, no, di- I get that. The, the difference yeah, and, is. Yeah. yeah sure. I mean, some on some of the pages. Um, Especially when the battle's happening. Yeah. The, the transition uh, on the pages when Mitch and Doc are on the same page. Uh, like the the one that that shows the uh, uh, she's on the phone and on, on the top of the page she's like what about Alina? There's not a whole lot of stylistic difference between Jared's and mm-hmm. Shaner there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very much by design, though. Sure. You know, I think that's the because this is supposed to be the the griminess. The, of of what really happens versus the the perceived pristine version of how people remember it, and I think it's masterful that they're trying to well, and I give Doc more of the credit here because the Mitch pages look like Mitch pages. Um, that Doc is trying to approximate the same anatomical design, the same line weight. I think so that you so that it is just a little bit more in focus than it is. A completely different style. I think, like if if this was cartoony Shaner, uh, I think it would lose some of it because it would be jarring, and it would literally feel like you were just reading two different stories pasted together. Mm. So maybe I won't tell you what I would have done if I had my druthers. That's what you would have done. No, I would have. I would have uh, put Steve Rude in the Shaner position on this book. Oh, I, th- I think if it if it flip flopped back and forth from. Jared's to Steve Rude, it obviously would have been more jarring, but I think Rude would have been a better fit to place the Ran sequences firmly in this in this silver agey fantastical past where Shaner's is is beautifully illustrated, but it doesn't it doesn't smack of a period piece. I don't think it's supposed to though, like. I think this gets back to what you were like, even the things you were showing us with your, with your work, with Photoshopping. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels to me like you're supposed to see it that way, that this Shaner's giving you the Photoshop version of, of the memories of all of this, the, the, the prettiest version that you could possibly create. It's, but it's a, still the same stuff that like, like it's as if Mitch drew it. And then he just took two hours Photoshopping all of the, wrinkles and the bruises and the bumps and the dirt off of it right like i said the line is is they are similar yes you know uh naturally shaner has distilled it down to 
the the lines necessary where Jared's likes to embellish a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have. I would have preferred uh, this is it, it may be too nuanced for me. I would have preferred the jarring uh Steve Rude. But uh-huh. whatever. That's uh, it is well, so I'm never going to argue with the idea of putting Steve Rude in a book so. <laughs> right. So, so. It, that's just fantasy football. Mm-hmm. But what's on the page now is is wonderful. And uh I mean yes, it's only the first issue. We have 11 more to go in this. So where this yeah. is going is anyone's guess. I mean it could get really downbeat and I'm sure it will knowing Tom and and company so uh the only and 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 obviously this is to fit this is to fit the story this is to move it along and and to give us uh to introduce mr terrific but i i don't know and what the fuck am i to say since he already wrote batman but i really don't know if batman would decline adam's request to investigate the situation what about all those issues of Brave and the Bold? <laughs> I mean, it, like it, you just said, though. I mean, it's I, it's, the, it's can it, we yes. really can can we really credibly fanboy question right Tom knowing what Batman would do, considering Tom has written more issues of Batman than any other person? No, I'm that, any other. No, person? I know. I know but what you're saying. Like, it didn't feel right to you, but but like, I, I'm glad you prefaced it the way you did because ultimately, I think Tom gets to tell people. What Batman would or wouldn't do at this point, right? And this is and 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 whether or not we can even say. I mean, because it, considering it's a black label book, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know. Be, based on all those issues of Raven the Bold, maybe that doesn't exist in this particular story. This timeline, sure. whatever. So yeah, it's it's for this story. Batman said, "Listen, we're too close, and and you know this is this is how it's got to be." And I got other shit to deal with, or maybe I think you're guilty, and I'm going to give it to Michael to, to mm-hmm. handle. So, well, but but again, no, no, the fact that he did give it to Michael, he's Batman is still helping. He said, "Oh he, yes, he's who's basically say saying it's not going to be hanging back." Right, I can't do terrific. this. That's, right, but yeah. here's I'm a guy that yeah. is entirely capable to. You know, you're you're getting the 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 next best thing right here. And it, I'm sure if Michael has a question, he's going to ask me what sure. what, what I think. But yeah, I, I think it's just it's just a little. Uh, I mean, it could have been Batman was off world. Batman wasn't around. That's so why I went to you know. It, it's but 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 why would Adam Strange know? It works. It absolutely you know we're 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 here to get from point A to point B. That was that was one page. It's not meant to. You're not supposed to be steered off course from that whole thing. So it's it's just. As yeah, as a fanboy moment for me, I'm like, eh, what do you know? So it's, but it's, it's still, we get to where we need to get to by the end. It works. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to, um, to the next issue. Did you guys notice, uh, the second fanboy in the line that thanks him for his service is holding, uh, sheriffs? Yes, all of, and strange adventures. All the, their, their three books, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for some vision in the background, but yeah, no. I think he may play a part. There's something about that guy. Mm-hmm. He and looks... Who knew that uh, Jared's could draw likenesses? Because <laughs> that's a spitting image of Ryan Seacrest if I ever saw one. <laughs> On the Ellie and Brian show. Yeah. Yeah, the especially the bottom panel. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, it's a good looking book with sex. Not a lot of it, but what's there is, is very good. I'll take whatever I can get. I heard that. 
Mm-hmm. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. Absolutely. Yes. And it's it's a um, we don't have uh, he's not we're he's not beholden to the nine by nine. He's not. Uh, it's 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 um, or three by three. But we don't have. I mean, we got a lot of wide panel pages. We have some larger panels. So, but if if uh, I'm I'm glad that it's not an, an exact um, duplicate of 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 the Mister Miracle approach. Yeah. Did you? I thought it was interesting too that on the final page they right smack in the middle of it is a, a nice Carbon Infantino. Yeah. yeah, of all people. Yeah. Of all people, Dan. <laughs> I mean, who, who drew the character almost... I, I don't know if it drew him the most, but I mean, it's... There's a lot of Carmine yeah. at Adam Strange out there. Yep. So yeah. there you have it. Right. What else do we have? Uh, we do have. Well, I know that. Um, I know that there is at least one other number one that that I, I read another number one, which oh, word. I'm tossing up in the air as whether or not it's going to be my inner travels, or I'll just mention it. But um, I know oh, that I see. Uh, Jason you read was a bunch of number ones. Jesus, I did. Um, Christ, Jason, sorry, Jason. Uh, Jason actually has a uh, uh, a fucking ahoy book for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, sure. Oh, you. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, sure. What are you, oh, I thought you made. I thought you made it. You're mocking my. Uh, my I thought you were making a, a wealth joke. Uh, oh well, no, it absolutely is. I mean, you could have. <laughs> this could be a story of your life, but yeah, no. We're it's it's from Ahoy Comics, actually. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it that is true. Which is normally, well, I wouldn't say it's not a draw, but I, Ahoy hasn't roped me in to the extent that they have you both yet. But this book was, uh, I certainly, it was, shouldn't be surprising that I wanted to try at least the first issue because of the team, which is, it's uh, Mark Russell and Steve Pugh um, get back, getting back together again for yet another comic. They're quite the team now. Um, and it's a billionaire island. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a, a premise where the we're what twenty five years in the future, right? Twenty forty six, I think. Or twenty forty four is where it, it, it starts. But yeah, okay. we can get to yeah. So we're roughly twenty five years to the future, and because uh, I assume that they wrote this in uh, twenty nineteen, at least the first issue. Um, and we are getting basically a glimpse into an infomercial uh, by a gentleman named Rick Canto, who uh, is a billionaire, and he's touting this. Uh, this billionaire island that uh, called Freedom Unlimited, where uh, basically explaining like the world's shitty now, shittier than it's ever been, and it's hard out here for a billionaire because uh, there's been flooding, so all of the beachfront property is not a good investment anymore, and that because of climate change fucking everything over, there's all kinds of refugees that are violent and looking to to get at it, and there's there's protesters that are blowing up Fortune 500 CEOs and the like, and so. Um, this dude Canto has created a gigantic floating island of paradise uh, on the ocean, and you need to be a billionaire or a service provider to uh, even come to the island. And that's that's the premise. But it's um, it, there's a there is a I guess an antagonist who was a Merc security guard working for Belcanto's company AgroCorp. 
Uh, and in the process of that, due to something nefarious that they did, uh, the, the Merc's wife and kid died. And so he holds a grudge. And uh, so he's a vigilante and he's coming after them. And uh, essentially he is coming for Belcanto and uh, his cronies on Billionaire Island, on Freedom Island. Um, and then we also are introduced to a investigative journalist who is interviewing uh, Belcanto and confronts him about the same situation um, that led to the uh, to the Merc wanting to get revenge on him. And uh, Canto says, "Oh, let's keep talking about it. Let's go to the island." And they get to the island. And he's like, "I just got to clean. I just got to change my shirt real quick. Um, can you just wait in the waiting room?" And she walks into the waiting room, and it's a trap door. And she is now inside of a giant cage, which is like effectively a giant hamster cage. There's a giant hamster water bottle, and there's a hamster wheel. And in there are a bunch of other uh, prisoners that are all uh, clad in business suits and power dresses. And they explain that in some cases they've been there for years, and uh, she's now stuck there with them. Um, uh, and that's really your setup. Um, and there's a bunch of sight gags and jokes about the rich versus the poor and class warfare and um, how, how out of touch people are. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am um, not dissimilar to second coming. I'm beginning to wonder if Mark Russell wasn't a one hit wonder for me. Well, with Flintstones. Uh, yeah. With Flintstones, which I thought was awesome. Um, uh, this, although the subject matter is very different than second coming, I for me it was disappointing on the same level, which is that I didn't think the jokes were all that funny. I I, I thought that they were like too on the nose. There there wasn't it, like it was just it was just too. I don't know. It was like just didn't seem like it had any kind of nuance or any kind of um, bite to it. You know, like there was no viciousness to it all. It was all just. Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's he's an out of touch, crazy. Like it, it just—I don't know. It just seemed. I'm probably not articulating it appropriately, but but I just I read this and thought, oh, okay. Like I get the joke. I don't yeah. need to come back. A little over the top and stereotypical. Um, For me, it was yeah. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I don't. I don't think about I what you thought of it, but I no. It, it's, yeah. So just like the I, second coming, I thought this would be a series I adored and would get. But I'm 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 one and done on this. I, just because I feel like I got it. I, I I've got the joke. It's I, I appreciate the the twist at the. I mean, I thought like the the one time I did kind of chuckle was when um, when we see the drones flying around, Freedom Unlimited, uh, Freedom Unlimited Island, and and it's Fu Island, and I was sure. like, yeah, that, that that's obvious. But uh, I think the Merc is an interesting character, and I kind of want to see where where um, him getting to the island. But uh, it it wasn't so straightforward you get to the end with the whole hamster wheel and then that's when it's like okay so now i mean yes it was all it was all kind of tongue-in-cheeky parody kind of thing early on but now when you have this big hamster wheel and here's this dude who it, it's a funny visual but you know you have this one dude like sucking out of the water bottle and and mm-hmm. and then oh it, it, everybody's gonna get thrown money and then you have like the one the one go-getter executive uh, chair who take no prisoners and i it's yeah, I and you got the I, hipster who's like fucking sellouts, right. but then yeah, the, 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 the Benjamin <laughs> slap lands near him and he quietly pockets it anyway. So yes. it's like okay, we get it. Like you're trying to say that everybody secretly is into money, even if they pretend they're not. We get it. Okay, 
it's uh yeah i mean i i do like the i do like what ahoy's doing i like their output um this was uh i don't know if um if I if I come across a second issue, I'll I'll probably thumb through it. But I don't. It this isn't this isn't something I gotta wait to see what happens next issue. I'll, right, right. I'll I'll come back around to it. But it wasn't. It it didn't knock me on my ass the way I was kind of hoping it would. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I wasn't put off by it in the sense that if someone handed me the trade, I might sit down and read the trade real quick. I, it's not like I'm like oh, but I just I don't feel the compulsion in a in a time when we just have so many amazing comics and many of which just stack up and stack up because we don't have the time to get to them. Uh, I just got no time. Any, if something doesn't grab me, I just have no time for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And some of this might be a little bit too prophetic. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm I try to escape from things, but this, but, but fuse art is, is great. I, I think it, it looks solid. Um, I just, I, I wish there was a little bit more meat on the bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't read this in gathering events. No. Surprised, don't you like Pew? You really like Pew, don't you? This is a very low rent Steve Pew. It looks like he did this very quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. With that. I agree, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's some inconsistencies page to page. I agree. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I do like Steve a lot, but um, after uh, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Russell has uh, outlived his usefulness for me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming to. Did you enjoy yeah. his Lone Ranger? I did. I loved the Flintstones. Enjoyed the Lone oh, Ranger. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything after like Snaggle Puss. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, Snagglepuss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a, that was a big lift for me. The uh, uh, the um, Second Coming didn't really do it. No. Uh, so I mean, very capable writer. Just right. He 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 works in realms that I would rather left uh, unexplored for me. I, I don't need to read Second Coming. I, uh, it's a it's a very distasteful subject to me to begin with. Even pa- even the parody aspect of it, uh, I just don't care. I don't want, I don't want to read it. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, nice to see Leonard Kirk and 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 Pace working, but yeah, it's it's and I know I, I know Russell has his fans. I think our boy Caleb is. is oh yeah, and yeah, I know, oh, that, you know sure, he's, yeah. he's absolutely listen. You know, the work is there, the books are there. By all means, read them, enjoy them. If if it's your cup of but um, yeah, like, I just I, I think, times where I'm looking yeah. forward to something and it doesn't. It, mm-hmm. it just Jason flat. hit it right on the head. There are far more things out there that yes. are more palatable to us, uh, more desirable, let's say, than and, and there's only so many hours in the damn day, so yeah. we, yep. we can't read everything. Yeah, and I think too a big part of this and why maybe this is turning out this way for for some some of us with Russell is that. I've said this a million times on the show. Humor is incredibly subjective, yeah. much more so than any other type of storytelling. So if you're going to attempt humor, it is very, very likely that even if you execute it well, there's going to be a, as many people that don't care for it as care for it. Right. Um, and that's just the case here. I, I'm, I'm, I would not be at all surprised if this is a lot of uh, a bunch of people's book, books of the week, uh, favorite thing they read this week, because it's just going to hit them. It's going to hit their funny bone just the right way. Um, for for me, it just it just fell flat. It was like turning on a Netflix comedy special, and five minutes in, you're seeing the audience go nuts, and you haven't laughed once, and you're thinking, "All right, I'm just gonna move on." Yeah. So, humor is a very very tough sell. Um, there are some guys that do it extremely well. 
I don't believe I've ever read a humorous comic by Evan Dorkin that did not make me laugh out loud. Uh-huh. And then there are things you would expect to be humorous in light of their uh, past publications like Mad. The revival of Mad, I think, is one of the most unfunny books, <laughs> consistently unfunny, that I've ever read. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it hurts the heart because love Bill Morrison, love all the guys involved with it. Um, Bob Fingerman, all those cats are, are really good at what they do. But for some reason, this latest incarnation of Mad, it's just not funny. Right. And maybe I've outgrown or outlived the demographic, but when Kurtzman was on the book, he was trying to make people older than what they perceived the target audience to be laugh. It seems like this new Matt has a target audience, and I'm far outside of that age bracket. So I don't know what the case is, but I do know that I subscribed and I read every issue, and I have I've I haven't laughed once. Yeah. And that's really sad. Yeah. Yep. But even at the best of times, like Plop was not very funny. It was disturbing, uh, but yeah, but but not chuckle worthy. Crazy was more sardonic than yep. funny. The 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 closest thing we I think we ever got to really funny was Kurtzman's Mad, and there's a good stretch of Cracked that was very funny. But your mileage may vary, right? Sick was never funny. It was the the you know the the bottom of the barrel as far as humor magazines go. But uh, I, I think if you if you're really good at humor, uh, you got something. Like Evan Dork and I always go back to him. That guy, yeah. he's such a downer online, but <laughs> but he is he's one of the funniest cats on paper you'll ever encounter. Yeah, that that uh, Dork. That should be something we put on the book of the month soon because I don't think I've read much Dorkin. Oh, Dork is great. Milk and cheese. Woo. Yes, dude. I yeah. All right. So milk and cheese is going on because I got the goddamn collection right behind me. Me so. too. Ooh. Me too. But even like Reed Fleming, world's toughest milkman. It's yep. it's funny for about twenty pages, and mm-hmm. then it, it you know that's why the the things that do really hit me as being funny like Bob Burden on Flaming Carrot. Yeah. It's it's not a funny that's you know here's the setup here's the punchline it's not that kind of funny it's it's left field holy crap i didn't even think of that funny you know uh, and it, and it's not a laugh more as it is like a wry like the fuck is this guy smoking you know that's the the humor in in flaming carrot i love talking about humor cuz i think it's very very difficult to do yes. you could you could hit somebody in the face with a baseball bat and you know whatever it, on paper in a cartoony way and it may be you may get a smile out of it, but to be rattle your bones funny like Evan Dorkin is very, very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got people who think, you know, getting hit in the nuts is hilarious. And right. Like the Pratt, like physical that, humor. You know, making yeah. fun of someone who's, who's handicapped trying to get into a revolving door. That's meant to be comedy is, 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 hysterical and other people would be offended by that right right there's some guys that do the pratfall type comedy and then there's evan dorkin who i think is kind of in the Chappelle league not uh, not you know firmly i'm not saying evan dorkin is the dave Chappelle of comics but dorkin makes you laugh not only at what's going on but he makes you laugh at yourself too 
because he he does a parody of a lot of fandom uh things within like the eltingville club and stuff and it's it's we see there's a mirror in dork and stuff that is also funny but again he's a rarity yeah but he needs a hug <laughs> yeah we well, said heroes we'll give him one i give him a big i met him at mocha one year and he's so self-deprecating you want me to draw you a picture why i suck or you know you want me to sign this book it's terrible why should i sign it and it, i don't know if it's a shtick or if, if uh, judging from his online stuff these days it may be the truth he may you know not put much value in what he does which is is baffling because i think he's incredible Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. What else do we have? Anywho. Anything else? Because I got stuff. Well, yeah, let us know. Speak on it. All right. Um, this may be as hard to sell. It's got to be number one. Oh, it's not. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't have to be number one. Do I have any number ones? I... No, it doesn't have to be. I'm kidding, dude. Oh, uh, it's not a number one. It's actually a, a book two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is published by Rebellion. Woohoo! It's uh, <laughs> the uh, Dark Judges, The Fall of Dead World, Book Two, by Keck W and Dave Kendall. Uh, I won't. I won't lead anyone down this path and and tell you about the story if you if you don't uh, want to hear. I talked about the first book uh, back when it came out. This continues the story. It's one of the finest examples of writer-artist synergy I've ever encountered. Right? Usually we get guys that are adequate. You know, oh, you did a good job, right? You, you, you illustrated the, 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 the narrative very well. But the appearance of Dave Kendall uh, on visuals and the, the concept that Keck W brings to the table you cannot replace either one of them in this book the mm-hmm. obviously it 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 ha, it takes place on dead world the dark judges are coming up judge death is is making his machinations right uh it's early in the game and it's a it's a lot like a fire walk with me type scenario you know how this is going to pan out it's right there in the title the fall of dead world right so um but the the world is so necrotic and corrupt uh people are exploited and killed the streets look like hell um there's no sunshine in this book it is a very black dark book there's there's not a lot of hope among the the living in here um you have the the judges who on dreads world are the champions of justice on dead world the judges are anything but they're they're as corrupt as the perpetrators and then some on dread's world um and in this book we're introduced to ava ava eastwood (laughs) her name is friggin eastwood and she's she's up in there in age you know and she's holed up in this in this trailer and she pays a kid uh every so often to go get her groceries and i'm like where is this going and, you know, the kid comes and, and you actually see the kid mature. He grows up a little bit as she's paying him for the the groceries and he keeps bringing them. But then one day he doesn't show up. And she's like, hmm, this is odd. 
never missed a, a, a day before. Uh, I just guess I'll just wait. And the kid never shows up. And so she's looking out the window of the trailer and she sees the kid. He's been hooked on on the uh, the drug that's being passed around, which is derived from the body fluids, the bodily fluids of the deceased. And so rampant addiction in this world. So the woman's like, all right, I guess I got to do what I got to do. Turns out she's a lapsed judge. She never officially left uh, the Hall of Justice. But, you know, she's been, she didn't like the way things were turning with uh, the judges. So she, you know, sequestered herself in this trailer. Now she's like, I got to do something about this. So she has all her old uh, regalia, suits up, and it's an older woman in a judge costume or, or uniform. And you would swear she's Dred's mom. She's got that same scowl. Uh, when she interacts with the main cast, uh, she's like, hmm. She sees a, these two judges, the last, apparently, the last two judges left uh, that aren't totally corrupt or turned, let's just say. And uh, they're like, holy shit, it's, it's Judge Eastwood. Where have you been? And she's like, huh, obscuring your nameplate, walking around without a helmet. I'll let that go for now. Like, she's just like Dread. She's a by-the-book crusty old judge who you know wants to get stuff done and the inclusion of that is amazing because you have what's basically the living dead mutants uh rambling around all over the place and one of the focal points of it is an old woman in a judge uniform like that's just brilliant and uh, totally Are we unexpected. talking like your age old or like senior citizen old no know. we're talking senior citizen and above old okay. smart ass but <laughs> The visuals are outstanding. Uh, I don't know if you remembered what I talked about on book one, but Judge Fairfax has been incarcerated by uh, Sidney Death, and they're doing their uh, they're turning him. They're slowly subjecting him to the 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 dead ick that uh, is uh, addicting all these people. Uh, phobia and nausea are in here. They are fucking bent. They're two women that purport to serve judge death but they have their own thing going on and they cozy up to this hacker named casey who's in good graces with uh judge uh dread judge dread no judge death and uh sister siren she's like one of the head honchos in this thing but he's got his own plan and he thinks like these two women are giving him the time of day because they all hook up there's a threesome and it's not, don't think sexy, because it's not. Uh, phobia and nausea are emaciated. There's skin and bone. Uh, Casey is, he's like a, a, a shell of a human being. Everybody has scabs and scars and shit hanging off them. Like, this is a very disturbing looking book. And it's passed off as like the ordinary. Like, these, char- these three characters are having sex. And it's gloomy as AF, right? But anyway... Mm-hmm. They're on the surface, they look like withered milfs, skinny, withered, pale, pallid milfs. But when they show their true form, it is disgusting. They got they're they're necrotic beyond all measure. Their their eyes are just gaping holes in their faces, and they they they're old crones to the max. Like I can't even 
words cannot convey the just how disturbing Dave Kendall's artwork is. It's fully painted, but that's what I was saying. If you wanted a book where the visuals are completely and irrevocably in 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 line with the storyline, and you love the the ick like I do, get this Dark Judges series. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's been serialized in 2000 AD, and they're putting out these nice hardcovers every now and then. Uh, if you ever wondered, how did the Dark Judges come about? Sidney Death, I thought he was a judge. He was. So uh, you get to see how the arch enemy of Judge Dredd came to be and his three henchmen and what happened to the world on which they, uh, from which they came. It's amazing. It's just, a, it, it's, it's, it'll, ra- it'll shake you to the core. That's how disturbing this book is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a kid, uh, there's a judge child in this to play into Judge Dredd mythology. There's a, a, a young girl who, um, her name's Jess, but they call her the Judge Child. She wears a she wears Judge Fairfax's helmet, and um, she's prophesied to do something really major. And uh, she wants to rescue Fairfax. She thinks that he's the key to to getting dead uh, this dead world back on its feet. And Fairfax is now one of the well, he's he's right on the precipice of becoming one of the enemy. It's amazing. There's there's no glimmer of hope in this book at all. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're looking for a pick me up, this may not be the book for you. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, I just think it's amazing. I I devour this shit. Yeah, you certainly have a consistent love affair with all things 2000 AD. It's true. I just love the concept of the judges, uh, which baffles me that Frank Miller has not written more judge dread because it seems like a character that he would really embrace mm-hmm. has he written any judge dread i'm sh- i mean who you're asking us yeah i don't know i don't think he has but uh dread is like dark knight returns batman on on uh on the juice right so yeah. you would think he would he would want to uh, that'd be a good anthology. 2080 should get on that. Mm. Solicit top. I guess we're never getting another Carl Urban Dread movie, huh? I think there was a, a, there was, a crowdfunded there was thing, wasn't yeah, there? There were. There were. There was a. There was a petition, and and yeah, people wanted it to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. But if 2080 was smart, and they are, which I uh, I don't know why this hasn't happened yet. Solicit top tier American or non-British cartoonists, Frank Miller get, gets, uh, you know, Tom to do a, a dread, like big, big names and do, do an anthology that would sell. Maybe not gangbusters, but it would sell. Sure. You don't agree. Maybe a good proxy for that would be how, like, how did the, uh, IDW rocketeer anthology sell? Hmm. Well, it is IDW. So you're only going to move so many copies. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it sold very well. But there, I, I but, didn't get that sense either. Yeah, but in their defense, there was two volumes of it. So mm-hmm. I guess the first one sold well enough that uh, made the second volume possible. But right. yeah, it wasn't. I, it didn't make any lists if that's your, your benchmark. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Uh, Kitchen Sink know. did really good with the spirit in that respect when they uh, brought in other people uh, than Eisner to do the spirit. True. So, uh, mm-hmm. all right. If we don't have anything else, I think we should drag this bad boy home. Let's do it. All right. Once again, we embrace you for being a part of this here uh, Dog and Pony show. Remember, if you want to get your books as cheaply and as inexpensively as possible, go to dcbservice.com. That's dcbservice.com to get it, get it, and get it cheap. Uh, Remember, from IDW, we have Bermuda, number one of four, by John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw, $2.49. That's 50% off. Neil Gaiman, who... And P. Craig Russell, my God, on uh, Norse mythology. And according to the cover, it says Mignola, Ordway, Stuart, Kinzierski, and Showman. So it's not only P. Craig Russell and Gaiman, it's Gaiman and a bunch of people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing is a three ninety nine cover price. You can have it for one ninety nine. And from Mad Cave Studios, we have uh, Anthony Cleveland and Antonio Fusso on a little book, a uh, six-issue miniseries called Stargazer. You can have it for $2.19. Mm-hmm. In your travels, um, I think I shot my wad. Mm. Word? Yeah. So unlike you. I think I, think I did. Well, the, I, I did. Technically, I didn't. But the thing that's left, I don't want to do an In Your Travels for. I want to talk about it uh, somewhat at length. So, um, yes, I, I have nothing. Um, Tell them to watch Hunters. But that's not comics related. Oh, please. Like, wherever. Like, In your travels, watch Hunters with uh, Al Pacino. This, this, the second episode is a little bit more comic related. Oh. Well, they do talk Star Wars in the first episode. Yes, 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 they do. Briefly. Um, and no, they do talk comics too. In, in relation to Star Wars in that first one. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, watch Hunters. With uh, Pacino and a host of uh, great uh, actors and actresses, uh, there's a super hot shower scene in the first episode. <laughs> it is so nice. You got to see it. It is Whoa. it is friggin' smoking yeah, hot you, for you guilf lovers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord! I can't believe they went all the way there too. I was like, wow. That was great. Right, but you know, yours. in in her def- in her defense, shot. she's she's well kept. Yes, no, hey, <laughs> everything's, everything's where it belongs. Yeah. That, that's fine. Hey, you know, don't. Honestly, though, here. if you yes. ever found yourself in that situation, would you not do everything in your power to break that freaking door open? Oh, 100%. Right? I'd mm-hmm. body at it. I'd, I'd, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are a couple cuts in, in exchange for your life? I would just go hog wild on that door. And she's just like, eh, eh like, come on. You look like you got the weight to knock that door down. That's true. Just do that it. It's true. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly good and, and very unexpected. And I, I completely, I did not realize who, um, well, I'll wait for you to see the second episode there. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the, uh, finding out who some of the, um, some of the actors are who are on the show. Cause they don't look like I saw them last. Uh, I mean, there are some who obviously, yes, you do know, like, like Pacino, like Carol Kane. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a period piece and it's, um, it's normally, well, we tend to watch a couple episodes of something. Uh, we've done it with Harley Quinn. We've done it with, um, 
the morning show, but but Hunters is is there's just something about it where either the way it's presented or the subject matter um, causes me to not want to watch uh, multiple episodes in a row. But right. I think the way it's paced. Um, but how could you, you when they're an hour and a half? Well, that's I don't know if they all are though. The first episode was was on the longish side. I don't remember how long the second episode was, but yeah, it, it's it's a sh- you need a breather. It's not um, it's not like your typical Netflix binge where you think you could just you know can't stop. They're not yeah. lace chips, but it's it's, it's uh, rough too. It's it's rough. it is rough. It is rough. There's there's uh, language in it that um, not foul language, but demeaning language that is yeah. depending on you know. <laughs> how big of a wall you throw up uh, yeah it, it, it could be a little tough to take yeah yeah uh in your travels uh this was a number one it's an anthology and it um i i wanted to read it because of uh, a couple of the creators involved and in that regard i really wasn't all that disappointed and this is uh marvel number one uh-huh. uh and what um because when i saw the solicit and that's why it was in my uh, my previous video is uh frank espinoza is is telling a story in this issue he of uh raketo fame and uh it's it's a spider-man story versus the um the sinister six and it uh some of the fight takes place uh over by the port authority because the statue of ralph crandon is um is is quite present uh but there's a um there's a framing sequence at the beginning and end of the issue so things kind of um these are stories that may not necessarily fit into um any sort of of canon or or continuity you may uh if, if you're a stickler for those kinds of things this may not be uh the anthology for you but uh the second story is written by Kurt Busiek, who of course works with Alex on on uh, the Marvels stuff, but it is uh, illustrated by Steve Root, who also does the letters. And um, like John Byrne, I absolutely love the man's art, but I think leave the lettering for the professionals. This uh, the the lettering. I mean, you can absolutely see everything reads well. You can tell what's what. Uh, but the, the, the lettering seems kind of, uh, a little grainy or just not as, 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 uh, strong or, mm-hmm. uh, present as, as, you know, you'd see from Clayton Cows or someone from Blambot or, uh, or, or, or just Arkin's crew. But, uh, the, it's an Avengers story, mostly, um, taking place after, uh, Captain America was revived and joins the team and after, Hulk has left the team and, and Hulk is feeling kind of uh, kind of feeling butthurt because his, his his bestie Rick Jones is hanging out with the Avengers and, and he kind of wants his friend back and there's a whole um, there's a whole thing with with Tony Stark's invention and and Hulk creating Hulk Avengers taking on our heroes uh, but 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 Rude's work is beautiful um, Nearly flawless. I, I I love looking at it. It's very it's very Kirby esque. It's very of the time, and and it's it's extremely fitting. Um, but that was a cute little. I don't want to say cute. It's 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 a it's it's a solid story, uh, start to finish. Everything is told there. Uh, the framing sequence deals with uh, the the narrator of the particular issue is is nightmare. So we we end 
with uh, not really a cliffhanger, but we get a, a, a tease of, of who may show up next month. Uh, and then the cover of the next issue is the old, uh, is the 1960s uh, Black Widow with, with, with the cape and the, the halter top and the mask. So the next issue has stories by uh, Dan Brereton, Eric Powell, and Paolo Rivera. So they've, you know, Alex Ross, basically the gist is that the, this Marvel miniseries um, is a, uh, is as is the whole Marvels and Earth X and everything is, is the brainchild of, of Alex Ross. And he wanted to um, show Marvel heroes in a way they've never been seen before. And, and helping him do that is of course, getting some creators who may not, may not have seen, in a Marvel book or working on Marvel creator, Marvel creations characters in the past. But yeah, the, the lineup of creators on these six issues is, um, is really has me excited for this. So this is one of those anthologies where I don't necessarily care what it means in the grand scheme of things. I just want to see these creators work on, on these characters. So, um, I gave the first issue a shot and I was, I was really, it, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't finish the issue saying, "Wow, this." I mean, this may not necessarily be the best thing I read this week, but I. It, it was. It was a thing where, especially, the Spidey story by Espinosa. It, it was one of those books where I was like, "I'm. I'm. I'm glad something like this exists because I can see myself going back and and, and revisiting some of these stories later on." It, it's. Um, it, it may be a vanity project. It may just be something that you know. Hey. Let, let's make a couple of bucks, but I can't, I can't be too upset because of who they have involved in it. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned this week for me and your travels, Marvel number one. Can I make a quick comment? Absolutely. Uh, the Espinosa pages are gorgeous. Yep. The, uh, Stephen Legg, the colorist on, uh, Steve Rude's pages. Yes, yes, yes. It's an abomination. It's, they're, they're he little, destroyed little, little it. Little muted, right? It's destroy. He destroyed this artwork. The, the look at look at the like the full process uh, smoke and the shadows on. No, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a little fancy with the yeah. fucking yeah, it bad. Does, it, does, it doesn't work well with. No, with, you're right. You're right. Oh my I, god, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But do you see what I mean about about Rude's lettering now? Yeah, I kind of like it. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't take you out of the story. You can still see everything. It's just if when you zoom in, it, it's just it's 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 not. At least it's, it's hand smooth. done. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So, so, so I'll take that any day. It's it's. I just I you know what I think I'll still take this lettering over Burns' lettering. Ah, oh, that shadow on Iron Man's face on the bottom of that one—it's—it's <laughs> it's horrible. Star, I'm sorry, Steve. I mean, I don't even know you, but uh, try again. You don't color Steve Rude like this. No, no, you're right, and 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 I completely—I I must have just been in the moment because I completely glossed over that. That—that's right. well. How could you I, not be in the moment when the pencils are and inks are so great like this? I mean, it's a good-looking Steve Rude story. It's just the. Uh, ooh, stop! Yeah, uh, I it can't get it anymore. Yeah, the style, styles do not mesh. You're not. No. You're not wrong. No. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Continue. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I'm not going to give anybody a comic to read for in your travels. Um, I'm going to give them some thoughts about uh, TV and, uh, or rather, films and 
books that they can read about pandemics. Because wow. it happens to be a an area of fiction that I love uh, and have read pretty much anything that's like most things on the, that subject matter I have read, um, which may be either a good or bad thing because it makes me a lot less panicky than seemingly everyone else on the earth right now. But, uh, but uh, if you're interested in, uh, in, in watching a fictional account of all this to either work yourself up into a frenzy or to realize the absurdity of your current frenzy, uh, on the movie tip, uh, gotta gotta give a shout out to Contagion, uh, which is a Steven Soderbergh joint from about ten years ago. Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, Matt Damon. Um, that's probably your number one right now. Has it uh, been that long? Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, ten years. Um, twenty eight days later, uh, sure. Which uh, directed by Danny Boyle, almost twenty years ago. Talk about feeling old. Uh, Cillian Murphy, Christopher, uh, Doctor Who, Eccleston. Uh, Naomi Harris, very. I just just rewatched that like six seven months ago randomly uh, on a flight, but uh, definitely recommend that. Outbreak. Um, I forget who directed that. Maybe Wolfgang Peterson. I don't remember. Um, but uh, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, and Dustin Hoffman are in that. Uh, another pandemic film. Um, I think Rene Russo's in it too. Uh, World War Z, yeah. which is very very different than the book, which I also would recommend, but, uh, but like not in a bad way. I, it, it's, it's completely different from the book, but I, I found it quite enjoyable. I love the idea of the zombies as a plague of, of a horde of, of fast acting, fast moving, coordinated cells that were gobbling up humanity. So thought that was pretty dope. Uh, 28 weeks later, which is the sequel to 28 days, but a solid sequel with some awesome actors, Jeremy Renner's in it. I think it might be his first film. Actually, uh, Idris Elba is in it. Uh, long before he was the guy that is in every freaking movie ever. Uh, Rose Byrne is in it. So, uh, Dap, it was a little, um, I guess that's maybe where they uh, they met before they ended up uh, doing um, um, the Luther. Show. Yeah, Luther. Um, uh, the Crazies. Um, and then right there's, Stop. That? Stop. I love what? you so much right now. Though, are you saying the Crazies, the remake or the original? Yeah. The original. The original. George Ro- Romero. Okay. 73. Your Christmas yeah, present yeah. just went from a trinket to something maybe a little bigger than a trinket. Nice. Yeah, 1973. George Romero. Um, if you uh, That one speaks for itself, I would imagine many of you have seen it. Um, 12 Monkeys. Ah, uh, yes. Which I got to rewatch because I, I saw that in the theater and I don't think I've seen it since. Oh. But that was back when I was in college, so that was in the early 90s. Uh, Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis, Christopher Plummer. Uh, directed by the recently departed Terry Gilliam. Um, it was an adaptation of a science fiction book by, uh, but uh, uh, but it was good. It was, it was, or, or, I'm not a science a, a, a French film um, adaptation, but uh, and then probably the last the last two I'll give you are uh, Andromeda Strain, <clears throat> which is an adaptation of the uh, of the Michael Crichton book. It's really the first book that Michael Crichton ever had as a hit. Before he went on to do uh, things like Jurassic Park, um, that was from the early seventies. Uh, I think Paula Kelly was in it, and then uh, and then I got a shout out. I, I it's poorly made and it's cheesy, but I just rewatched it about a year ago, and that is the made for TV miniseries of The Stand, um, <laughs> which was also early nineties, 
and it's just oh, it's wacky to watch because like <laughs> Rob Lowe's in it, Molly Ringwald is in it. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 trippy. It's trippy, and and by no means it does it hold a candle to the book, but uh, but I, I I do find th- there, there's charm in it, and it's it's for all of you conspiracy theorists out there, it's going to definitely make you feel some kind of way right now um, as you're all hiding in your houses. Um, and then on the books, I'll keep it shorter because um, there are a shit ton of books in this genre. But I really think it all begins and ends with, uh, I mean, for me, the top of the list and, and one of my five books of any type ever is The Stand by Stephen King. Um, you've seen, probably seen me make, if you're on Twitter, you see, you've seen me make jokes about Captain Trips a lot the last few weeks. Uh, that's because of, of The Stand, which is the name of the disease that wipes out 90 eight percent of humanity uh in uh in that book uh i am legend by richard matheson which uh is is a novella it's short so for you people that don't like reading that much here's your chance it's a shorter book um and then i would if you're into a series of books i would recommend the passage series by justin cronin um yes it is the same as that god-awful tv show that came out this year or last year was starring uh starring the dude from uh um, from uh, Saved by the Bell, but uh, but I can tell you that the TV show is uh, is a terrible, terrible adaptation of three amazing novels that that span a hundred years time uh, in a post apocalyptic setting. Um, uh, it's it passage. The passage is the first of the three books, um, and then is the twelve, and the last book in the trilogy is City of Mirrors. Uh, awesome, awesome story. I was uh, super stoked when they said they were going to adapt it for TV and then super bummed when I actually saw what they adapted it into. Um, so, and then uh, one last one, which is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Again, much like The Stand, it is in my top five all-time books of any kind list. Um, this one is a bit different, though, in that it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world, but it's pretty much a story of a dad and his son trying to survive in a very barren setting. Um, it's a much more personal story about the human condition and hope and lack of hope than it is uh, mo- almost everything else that I've given you tonight is uh, much more science fictiony and and uh, grand in scale. Whereas this is a, an intimate, uh, very very depressing that book. If you, you if you're feeling sad, don't read that book until you're not feeling sad. But uh, but I absolutely adore that book. And, and to me, it's Cormac McCarthy's best book, and that's saying a lot because he's written a lot of amazing stuff. So um, there you go. So if you feel like binging on the idea of a plague wiping out humanity, those are your best options. Mm-hmm. The I pe- say embrace it, Vince. I just, fear, fear is the mind killer. Uh, no, it's not fear. It's again, it's 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 apathy. What are you going to do, right? You, you take <laughs> the so you take the steps you take. You you protect yourself. Take the good, you take the bad. I, and and whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? If I come down with the grip, what are you gonna do? Right? I had Forget a good about it. I had a good one. Now I, I don't worry about stuff like that. Nice. I, I, I fear is not the mind killer. <laughs> Apathy is the mind killer because <laughs> it leads to nothing. Um Hey everybody, thank you for being here with us. We love you so much. And in case you didn't notice Jason cares. All this stuff he's talking about, like Jason is genuinely concerned about people other than himself. It it 
boggles my mind why you are, but you are. <laughs> you would think okay. that a certain intelligence level would say, wow, I'm going to extreme measures for people I don't even know. Maybe I should pull back. But no, you don't. Yeah, you, you go the distance, which is good. You you gotta, I mean, I, well, first of all, I don't believe in an afterlife. You know that. Right. I don't believe in any kind of grand design or grand plan. So uh, all we really got is a, uh, like is is the mark we you know we're we each each human life is a tiny tiny insignificant blip in the cosmos right even the most successful so like sure more people will remember Jeff Bezos than the three of us but uh, ultimately like in the grander cosmic landscape like Jeff Bezos and us are equally unimportant so all that should matter is the connections that we make while we're here because nothing else really matters. Yep. Like at least, at least once we're gone, we're gone, dude. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter to us once we're gone who remembers us or who doesn't. Or it's just so. Yeah. I, I don't figure I got another like I have somewhere between another one and fifty years on this earth. So I might as well just make the most of it. Nice. I don't share a lot of that, but I know. You know, <laughs> what about ghosts, dude? How do you explain that? You can't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they exist. <laughs> Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> Dick. Not that uh, you need another reason to be attracted to my wife, but she's sort of a believer in that stuff. She made a bad choice. Well, she made a good choice, but the wrong choice. No, Watch no. <laughs> I know. Hey, everybody. We love you so much. Come back next time. If you would like to join us on the socials, we're on Facebook, Reddit, uh, I was going to say Tinder, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram and uh, Facebook. We'd love to have you check out our Patreon page. If you would be so kind, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and go out there and live the dream. Do yourself a favor. Read some comics. Live your best life. Yep. Hold your loved ones, pet your dogs, which are your loved ones and your cats. And uh, just come back here next time because we'll be here waiting for you. Say goodnight. He looks around for something to bang on and has nothing. David. Night. Wow. Still looking? Oh, no. There you go. Superb. Lead him out. Yeah,